years ago you did an interview which may come back to haunt you what you know what i'm going to say right no okay you did an interview in which you said it's not the worst thing to slap a woman now and then as i remember you said you don't do it with a clenched fist it's better to do it with an open hand yeah remember that yeah yeah and i didn't I, love that i haven't changed my opinion you haven't no not at all you think it's good to slap a woman no i don't think it's good i don't think, think it's bad I don't think it's that bad. I think that it depends entirely on the circumstances and if it merits it. Yeah. What would merit it? Well, Just if you have friend. tried everything else, and women are pretty good at this, they, they can't leave it alone. Yeah? They don't want to have the, the, the last word, and you give them the last, last word, but they're not happy with the last word. They want to say it again and, and get into a really provocative situation. Then... I think it's absolutely right. To give a good slap. Yeah, absolutely. Turn on your hot light. What the fuck are you talking about? Let it about? shine wherever you go. What a stupid son of a bitch. Let it make a happy glow. For <laughs> all the world to see. Could you die? <laughs> now what does that got to do with anything? Turn on your hot light. Shut up, shut him. Oh. Love a young boy's dream. Come on. Gotta be fucking kidding. I can't speak. Gonna take a ride across the moon. You and me. That's what she said. That's my joke. Damn it, Dwight. You son of a bitch. Coming soon. This summer. At theaters everywhere. Opening weekend. Read it R. Welcome to episode 97 of Opening Weekend. I need energy. I listened back the last time. Welcome to episode 96 of Opening Weekend. That's again. I just I I should I should always give myself three to choose from and ramp up, but I don't mm. do it. It was so also five in episode. the morning last episode. I know. Right. For oh you, my God, you're right. For me, it was five in the morning. I know. And I was listening, but I was like, well, that's the reason, but nobody knows that. It just starts off with like, you just hear crickets and <laughs> welcome to episode 96 of opening weekend. Don't, don't, don't wake up. <laughs> ah, don't wake up this week. I want you awake. Welcome to episode 97 of Opening Weekend. I'm Jason O'Connell, and I am once again joined by my dear friends, Fred Berman and Dan Matisa. And this week, we turn on our hot lights and travel back home to June 11th, 1982, and the release of one of the most popular motion pictures ever made, Grease 2. Also, we talk about E.T. the Extraterrestrial. But before we dive into the highs and lows of that weekend's offerings, where were we? In June of 1982. Now we've revisited the spring and summer of 82 a few times on this podcast, but there's got to be, there's got to be more to mine or just to repeat ourselves about, (laughs) (laughs) or to think about what cereals we were eating. That's always a good. That's where Dan usually goes to. When you feel like you've said it all, (laughs) you say what commercials were on TV and what was I shoving in my head? (laughs) This is summer of 82, right? Right. Yeah, June. Mm-hmm. I, I don't yeah. know when this happened, but I feel like it was around this time. And I, I don't think I've spoken about this on the podcast before. There were these there were these uh, local programs. And I 
think this must have happened over the summer where they would do little programs at the elementary school where I went to, Munsey Park School, Mm. And Shelter Rock was the other uh, elementary school, and they would do stuff there. So I remember there was like there was a cartooning program over the summer. There was a magic class I took, uh, where I actually I, th- I stole some some little uh, those squishy balls that you know you hide uh, behind your fingers. And uh, yeah, his name was um, I, I want to say <laughs> the squishy balls behind <laughs> your fingers. Balls you hide. You know what I'm talking about? Balls that you hide behind your Dan, fingers. Dan, come on, you know I don't what I'm know talking about. about. You know about the squishy I balls. Think I, I think we all know what you're talking about. <laughs> It has nothing to do, and it is magical. <laughs> and oddly enough, I could be crazy. I think his name was, I'm serious. I think his name was Jean Valjean, like Jean Valjean. No, oh, that's hysterical. I think it was Mr. Valjean, and his first name was Jean. I'm pretty sure. Stop it. Yeah. Wow. So I was like, look, you stole a loaf of bread. I'm going to steal your squishy balls. <laughs> <laughs> All spare and number one, right? You don't have to steal them. <laughs> but the other strange. That's a fair trade. <laughs> <laughs> Is that what they mean when it's like fair trade coffee? That's exactly what they mean. It <laughs> means that one man balls. Gave, gave bread for, so that another man might fondle his balls. That Listen. is what they call a fair trade. As it says in the musical, to steal a person's balls is to see the face of God. <laughs> You steal uh, a person's balls. No, go ahead. I'm going to bring everything down now because the other class no. was called dissecting a pig. Stop <gasps> it. Dude. Stop Did it. you dissect a pig too? Gonna, yes, I was going to talk about that in this episode because <laughs> of the scene in E.T. Yes, that's what brought it where, back. Uh, that's, it, the, the biology right. class. I Yes, I had bio, uh, It was a fetal pig. A fetal it was a pig. baby pig. Yes, yes. And yes. the lamb's eye. That's what we yes. did. Yes. Yes. Were we in the same class, Jason? Did you come to Muncie no, Park School? Had, I did not, but at, at Coma, at Burr Junior High School, we were, yeah, we were dissecting all that stuff. We did a, we it started with like a grasshopper, started with an earthworm, then a grasshopper. I did an earthworm. moved up to, then frog. Frog. Then baby pig. And then it was like, I think it was a cow's eyeball oh, or something. But wait, or maybe, was this or, in or, school? Or, or, or in school, See, okay. in, this was oh, sorry, this was in regular biology. Right. No, class. no, 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 no. What you're missing here, the key, oh, I'm sorry. the key part I'm of so this sorry. is, this was not school. This was like a summer <laughs> program where you <laughs> got a, where it was a list. A guy's house, and he just had a truckload of dead baby pigs. He was like, "Got to do something with them." But before I send these to Jimmy Dean, <laughs> <laughs> it was Mr. Valjean. <laughs> I'll show you magic to make these disappear. <laughs> Cut them up. No, it was, there was a list. The, the, it was a class called Dissecting a Pig. So there was like, there was baseball, wow. cartooning, magic, dissecting a pig. Wow. Filmmaking. Amazing. Something like, and I chose, I, I remember me and my neighbor, Chris Marin, we decided to say, oh, we're going to do dissecting a pig. We're going to take this, cl- a summer program. And it was like you a week. unbelievable. It was a week long. And yeah, and I, I could see it. I could smell it. I remember oh, yeah. they like pulled it out of these buckets. And they yeah, were. Formaldehyde. Yeah, and formaldehyde. Mm-hmm. They were fetal pigs. <laughs> oh, and we, that, that was, 
uh, yeah, that was our summer fun, I guess, for a week. <laughs> and then there was a lamb. I thought it was a lamb's eyeball. And I remember like we would cut yeah, it and then we would take out the lens. And I remember yeah. we but got you to- You were just eating at a Greek restaurant in Astoria. <laughs> that was not summer camp. You just went, oh, you took the end train. You, got, you went to Uncle George's and that was an appetizer. <laughs> But I kept the lens. You were able to bring it home, put it in a little plastic baggie and bring it home. And to this day, I still see out of that lens. When I got my LASIK surgery, I said, please, sir, doctor, I I would like you to replace my... My burnt out cornea with this. For old times. Wow. Sake. Dr. Dr. Valjean, please. <laughs> Hi, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Yeah. That's wow. amazing. Was, but yeah, watching E.T., I, th- I instantly thought, oh, my God, right. Oh, yeah. I took a class called dissecting. It wasn't called like biology. Or, you know, the physiology. of It was called dissecting a pig. We're telling no. you exactly what this is, parents. Yeah. So that was my summer fun. Wow. Wow. I was, uh, I, I feel like this was the, this was probably the summer that a lot of us maybe got our first Commodore computer. Would probably have been, oh, no. would that have been 82? Oh, We've no. talked yeah, about did, this before, I think. But Commodores were not allowed in our home. We were, we were. Oh right, Apple, oh, right. Apple two, oh, Apple two C, right. all well, the way. Because you were so, you were so advanced. Your mother was so advanced with all the software, and she was always on the cutting edge of everything. Yeah, Commodores were shitty. They were just shitty. They could do very little. Yeah, but their games looked cool. They had cool graphics. Yes, they did. They had they really did. cool yeah. graphics. I think that was well, a little later. Commodore sixty four was when I was. Because I got Maybe. yelled at by a teacher in seventh grade for, for shitting on the Commodore. Uh, <laughs> for literally shitting on it? Yeah. <laughs> Let me show you what I think of your Commodore. <laughs> Pretty much. Whoa. But this might have been the time of, and I, I th- I'm sure we've talked about this, uh, like in television and ColecoVision, maybe. No, we know. Quick facts from 1982. World-changing event. The Commodore 64 oh. became the first popular home-use computer oh, in snap. many homes. Then I'm wrong, yeah. Well, there you go. There you go. I don't know that this was the year we got it. This was probably yeah. the summer that I was very jealous that friends had gotten their Commodore 64s. Sure, yeah. Um, where I was like, mm. oh my God, look at all these incredible games with incredible graphics, which yeah, now looks like, you know, looks like uh, <laughs> stone knives and bear skins compared to uh, what's out today. But um you know what song we were all listening to? Ebony and, and Ivory live together in perfect. And that was McCartney and, and Stevie, right? Stevie and we're Wonder. recording this on Juneteenth. So that's oh, perfect. See? So there, so there you we go. go. There we go. There see, we it go. all comes full circle. And there. we're talking about two two movies that don't feature a single black person. You know, oh, either. my God. Wow. <laughs> wow. I don't think. Is there even a black person in E.T.? I don't think so. No, I don't believe. Maybe one of the cops. Those, There's a the cop. feds. Maybe. There's a guy. Is there? I, think, yeah. I think, yes, okay. I think a guy at the okay. end is well, knocking on the door. Yeah. One that's of the it. Feds. Then we're fine. And that is then, it. That's, yeah. then we're fine. There's no um, one at Rydell High, that's for sure. <laughs> no. Right. No, no, not a, I don't not think, a single human. Right? No, I don't yeah, believe so. No. But no, um, no. anyway, yes, Ebony and Ivory, great song. <laughs> I have a tiger also right now. That came out right now. And one of the big hits from earlier this year that was like, Oh, I'm eight years old and I'm starting to 
experience things I don't understand. <laughs> Let's get, God rest her soul. Let's get physical. Oh, yeah. Physical. Remember that video? Oh, yeah. What oh, is I, happening I to it. me is all that but I said. But the funny thing is, <laughs> that is the most homoerotic video ever. I mean, that video is like... That's that was, what I'm saying. What is happening to me? That's, I'm looking at that and going, I'm confused. And what's stare, going if on? You're down staring there. at Olivia, though. But, it's, but that was the that mm. was the yeah, irony. Was. I think of that video, and I and I think okay. they probably knew very well when they were making it that like all the little boys are going to be you know who watch Grease are going to be staring at Olivia. All the big boys are going to be staring at everyone else in the video, and this is for you. It's like YMCA. Whenever I'm at Yankee Stadium and they play YMCA, I'm like, you idiots have no idea. Oh, oh yeah. Right. Oh, the yeah. history yeah, no, of this no, no, no. song and what and who sang it and who they sang it for and what it was for uh-huh. and what it celebrates. <laughs> And all these like idiots from Staten Island are like, yeah, it, it, <laughs> it was the same thing on the cruise ship. The, at least once a day around the pool, you know, the band, the band would go, okay, it's time for YMCA, and all these, you know, ninety-year-old conservatives would get up out of their out of their beach chairs and do YMCA all around the pool. And I was like, you have no idea what this song is, do you? I didn't mean to Hilarious. denigrate the people of Staten Island, by the way. No, no, no. There's a few. But there's a few that are better. Okay, I think. <laughs> It's like that song, Let's Fuck Each Other's Asses. And, 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 you know, you, you, see, like, you see school children, rabbis, you know, just... When we just did that every, in my bar mitzvah, everyone in the community, it was crazy. Just, it's just everyone, because it's got hey, a great... T- little Freddy, a tr- Rockin' Freddy B's a man, let's fuck each other in the asses. It's just oh. such a catchy tune. Oh. It just had that, you know, oh, hall boy. and or oats. <laughs> It was the B-side of Maneater. Now listen. (laughs) It is so funny. Like, it was, it was like almost this many years old when I heard physical on the radio and I was like, oh. Exactly. Because the music video was so powerful. You're like, oh, it's a, it's, a, it's like Jane Fonda's workout. It's well, that's about, what I was just gonna say. You read my mind. And you it's like, my mind. No, it's about we're gonna we're gonna fuck the hell out of each other. <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and you know, it's just funny, of course. But which most songs are? The most songs are "I Love You," "You You Broke My Heart," or "Let's Have Sex." That's the three types of songs that exist. But yet, and then it was like, it wasn't, and then when, you know, and then a few years later, George Michael's like, "I I want you." So it's just like, oh, okay, we're just saying it now. I can remember that so vividly, being yes. in like the back of my mom's car and being like it it felt fucked up for Z100 to be playing something that I felt like hot shame about having (laughs) on the radio while my mom's driving. Your mom's right there, right. But but that's it, but it's like like, and I'm like, I'm okay with this song, but I can't, I'm kind of like, they shouldn't be able to play it at four o'clock when I'm being driven home from, you know, it just felt so weird, it's just so bald faced then but you know, but even that, and, and, and you think, oh well you know, the days of let's get physical. It was, it was a simpler time. No, <laughs> no not at all. She's like, I want to get animal. I want to uh, I want to rip your fucking clothes off. <laughs> I want to I want to squish your the balls between my fingers. What was the thing that, that Dr. Valjean did <laughs> to you? Dr. Valjean <laughs> did to you. But it's also because to us, Olivia Newton-John was so... There was like this good girl image in Holmes. She was awesome. Yes, that's right. Yeah. She's trying to bust out of that. But she's also capitalizing. You said it when you said Jane Fonda. She's capitalizing on like half of the people who bought Jane Fonda's workout were working out. The other half were working out below 14th Street. <laughs> they were working out something else out 
and it's like okay, but she, but Livia Newton John and her producers and whatever were you know savvy enough. And wasn't there that John Travolta, Jamie Lee Curtis movie yeah. also that yes. basically Perfect. joined those two things Perfect. together? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Which was like okay, well let's make him let's add a plot to this. Yeah. And everyone and we'll, was we'll making it. Make it. You know, we'll 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 do what everyone's already thinking. Hilarious. Where does the pollen go? All over Jane Fonda's leg warmers. Oh, oh for God's sake. Stars and garters. Wait, what was Jason doing at this time? I know, time? I want to know. know. <laughs> Masturbating to Jane Fonda's workout. <laughs> oh, okay, we reached it. <laughs> we got there. <laughs> I think we got there. Well, we got there. I mean, oh, oh we got know. there. No, I was actually, I was thinking, I was like, God, we, we have, you know, we've revisited this this spring or summer uh, a few times and I was trying to think like yeah. what was I doing that was uh, different and I I couldn't I was like I was like my god I'm Dan I'm trying to think about what I ate for breakfast what was on Saturday morning <laughs> that's fun you know, quickie koala you know little Spider-Man and his amazing friends I'm yes. trying to think of like what was uh, you know Smurfs Smurfs were huge at this time. Smurfs, Smurfs were, were gigantic. Huge. And people started collecting them and bringing them to school and you'd go oh I don't have the one with the flower. The oh, I don't racket, have the right. tennis yeah, racket yeah, yeah, one. Yeah. I don't have the one with the guy holding the mirror. Yeah, we talked about this because because I think me and, and and yeah yeah we've talked about everything at this point, Dan. <laughs> That's Smurfs? the thing. Yeah, yeah we when talked about we talking Smurfs, about Smurfs? Because, because I talked about one. I had my favorite Smurf had wings. It was like a Leonardo yes. da Vinci, yeah, da Vinci flying it. machine yeah. one. And your sister had that too, I believe, Jason. Yeah, yeah, we did. We t- I don't know what episode what? it was. It was it was either when we were talking about Annie and the Road Warrior, which was also around this time, oh. or Star Trek Two and Poltergeist, which you know these week those oh, weekends are all like clustered pretty close together. So Porkies. we're in the same place. Porkies, yes. Porkies. We did a whole episode on yeah. On and Rocky Porkies. Three came out the same weekend as well right no it came out uh, if it had come out this weekend we'd be talking about it no it came out like Mm. late may it did come out okay it it came out around memorial day i think but yeah 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 i'm trying to remember exactly when that was but smurfs weren't cheap i'll tell you that right now and my parents were like what do you want these things for puffy stickers that was the thing the puffy puffy stickers stickers i love they They charge they're like look you want to fuck a blue midget then yeah, you got to pay for it. Are you talking about the toys, Dan? Are you talking? Because I'm. That's a. That was a whole other thing that I was doing back in the summer of '82. Mr. Valjean, listen, I I'm here at summer <laughs> camp, and I just want to play with Smurfs. I, that's what I was saying. The same thing. You're saying what I'm thinking. <laughs> Abracadabra! Ooh, what just disappeared? Where did it go? <laughs> Maxwell Caulfield's career. <laughs> Gone. Just like that. <laughs> I read something very sad about that, actually. We'll talk. We'll talk. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Uh, maybe it's the same thing I read. Probably. But also, Frosted Flakes were delicious. Weren't okay, <laughs> that's, uh, that's the end of Nostalgia Corner. Um <laughs> Did I ever, did I, I have to just have, and I'll cut this if I have, did I ever tell the story about like making, um, like at this time we were talking about the stickers, like the Smurf stickers mm-hmm. and stuff like this was the height of like the popularity of that kind of thing. And that I was like drawing stickers. Like I had a bunch of, my grandfather had from his, like, you know, he had retired years before, but he had like a bunch of these like mailing labels, just like a, a spool of like <laughs> mailing labels, just like stickers, you know? Right. Yeah. And and I started drawing like, I'd be like, oh, I'm going to make a draw. I'm going to sell these for a quarter. And I drew like 
Pac-Man and the Smurfs. Well, then and you cut them out and sell them. And I would bring them to school, you know, like or like I would do it just for my for my books, my school books and stuff. And then kids would be like, "Oh, can you make me one? Can you make?" And so I started, I started like. Somebody was like, I'll give you 25 cents. I was like, all right. And I'm starting to sell them. And then another kid in my class who also drew, he was an artist. And he, um, he was, I, it was just, obviously it was pure jealousy, but I didn't think of this way. He was like, you know, you could go to jail for that. It's copy- <laughs> oh because it's copyright God. infringement. And I was wow. like, oh. he's like, you can't draw Pac-Man and sell it for, you know, because that's, there's a copyright wow. from that. You I mean, can't I guess do, technically he's right. <laughs> yes, technically he's right. And I stopped because I was so, I was nervous I was going to get arrested because I'm a fucking idiot. <clears throat> it's, it's not a great story. It's and, just about how dumb I am. And Drew ended up making millions making Pac-Man stickers, right? Right. He's the Pac-Man <laughs> no, sticker knew, king now. Yeah, right. <laughs> Drew drew Pac-Guy Drew. and Pac-Fella and sold that and was like, that's not Pac-Man, that's Pac-Mail. Why didn't they ever make... Have we talked about this? Because I was convinced that they were going to make a Pac-Man movie. Or was there, am I make? was there talk that they were going to make one? I was convinced they would make a Pac-Man movie and Sam Jones, who played Flash Gordon, would play Pac-Man and he would be running around. That's so funny. I don't know if that's something that me and my friends came up with. Like, oh no, this is like the perfect, like dream casting. Who's your dream cast for Pac-Man? Sam Jones. Wow. Yeah. Because he had a giant mouth and no legs. Man. That could have been it. Is that why? I don't know. I just always why wanted to see it. Why would he be the Dreamcast? See, Trackman's a, a circle. I don't know. A, he just a, no, but it would be like a guy. He would be like a guy who like had a pack on or something. He'd be like, "Hey, it's the Pac-Man," and he would get sucked into another dimension or something, and have to always like be, had, we'd have to get the fruit, have to chase the fruit, and we'd be chased by like the ghost gang. You're looking at me like I'm crazy. Like you didn't love Super Mario Brothers. Like it's not it's right. not the craziest idea to take a video game and make. It into a movie that makes Mario no sense. Mario and Luigi are already human beings. Pac-Man is a circle. Well, they, yeah, but they make yeah, him a guy. Yeah. They make him. Yeah, a, they made, they had the cartoon. You remember there was the cartoon where there was they the cartoon little, in the morning. Yeah. Yeah. Arms yes, and legs and Miss yeah. Pac-Man and the babies and. Well, every time a new version of the video game came out, like that, that was like the next new, whatever, Ms. Pac-Man, Pac-Man 3, the one that sort of looked like the cartoon. It was like, oh my God, I got to play this. I got to play this. I got to play this. Cause that was the, it was like, what are we going to do with Atari? I guess was, or whoever created Pac-Man was like, oh, I guess, you know, we got to keep this thing alive. And I guess it's still, it's still going, right? Like there are still Pac-Man, they're still making Pac-Man. Like it's, and that was sort of the original the original everything. I do remember the cartoon, but you know, I would see that movie, Fred. If you, if you made that movie, somebody's gonna make it. Now. I gotta see if Sam Jones is available. <laughs> I gotta say, and then I'll ask him, where does the pollen go? I want to know. I want to know. Lorna Luft, please teach me. <laughs> please, oh, oh, please, oh Lord, please teach me the ways of Greece too. <laughs> Your pistol right here. Could you die? <laughs> Stephanie Zinoni 
played by Michelle Pfeiffer, is the leader of Rydell High School's Pink Ladies, a gang of girls who are counterparts of the school's group of greasers called the T-Birds. Stephanie used to be in a relationship with top T-Bird Johnny Nogarelli, played by Adrian Zmed. But is now smitten with a mysterious, faceless motorcyclist dubbed Cool Rider, who is, in actuality, Australian exchange student Michael Carrington, played by Block of Wood, Maxwell Caulfield, (laughs) who has shed his nerdy ways in an effort to win Stephanie over. In other words, it's Grease 1, but the guy changes himself for the girl this time, because no plot but feminism, maybe? Also featuring the young and fresh-faced Peter Frechette, Pamela Adlon, and future Shooter McGavin, Christopher McDonald, Grease 2 performed dreadfully at the box office, coming in fifth on its opening weekend behind E.T., Star Trek 2, Rocky 3, and Poltergeist, with $4.6 million dollars. Ultimately, the film struggled to earn more than $15 million over the course of its entire run, a far cry from the $132 million earned by its predecessor. Fred and Dan, what did you guys think of Grease 2? I have very strong movies, of, strong memories of seeing this movie. Very, very strong because you know who loved this movie? Your sister. My sister. Mine yeah. too, Dan. Tween yeah. and teen girls went insane for this movie and when it hit vhs and when it hit cable they watched it again and again and again and they knew all the songs this also this summer um i don't think my sister was was into it i don't think she was into this one well she's that's uh, interesting well yeah she would have been around the same age as my sis my sister Um, was younger and she loved it all the girls loved it yeah you're right yeah yeah and and we were on the i told you this before we were on the swim team at our sort of version of the village bath club and we we uh my sister and i and all those girls you know loved it like i remember being at somebody's house and they were all watching it and they were all singing the songs and just over and over and it was just like oh my god with this movie is not that good you know when, when you're on the swim of, team did you do the christopher mcdonald sperm stroke was that yours? <laughs> does that do it i invented it does that little sperm dance and reproduction <laughs> yes that great. was that was actually really good yeah um, no, my was mine was my good stroke was the breast stroke. Hi, oh, and I'm not kidding. That was my good. Well, the one thing I did well uh, of all the four major uh, strokes. Now the world don't move to the beat of just one drum. Uh, but I totally, I totally remember. Speaking of Dr. Valjean. Speaking- <laughs> uh, but the 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 movie. Um, you know, watching this brought back all those memories. I don't remember if I saw it in the theater, but definitely saw it a bunch on VHS and on cable. And like whenever it was on, my sister watched it. Uh, so, um, you know, but watching it again now, um, I don't think it's that bad. I don't think it deserves all the, you know, malign uh, that it gets. I think it's there's parts of it that are quite delightful, actually. I think there are four really catchy songs in it back to school um reproduction score or, or tonight and cool rider i think are fine musical theater songs there's nothing wrong with them there are some that are awful like maxwell caulfield's song um which is oh, yeah, should be yeah. cut from the movie completely and then there are some funny yeah. sort of turns that it takes when he's like they all think he's dead of course you know he's not and the 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 he's singing the song sort of from from beyond the grave, <laughs> and he's like, "Remember, I love you." And they camp it up, which is wise. That's fun. It's fun and funny to do that. 
Peter Frechette's little song, Let's Do It For The Country, is is fun. Yeah, um, And he's fully, you know, everybody's all in on this. But I'll tell you, Zmed, this movie is a Zmed fest. If you're a Zmed head <laughs> oh, out <yes>. there... <laughs> Any for any Zmed heads who were, who were or are TJ Hooker fans, this is all about Zmed. This guy thinks Zmed is so all in on this thing. He's so full freight in this thing. He thinks this is going to rocket him to superstardom a la Travolta. Right, and let me right. tell you, Zmed has the chops to pull off this thing. He's got the comedic chops. He can dance. He can sing. He's freaking legit. And I was kind of well, he blown was playing away Danny by him. on Broadway at this time. Well, there you go. He, he had like well, a huge go. grease pedigree before even coming into this. I think the only one, like he had been playing Danny on tour on Broadway. Like he lived and breathed grease. Like he knew I was reading somewhere that like when they did, um, uh, 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 uh I'm going prowling. The T-Bird song. Yes. Oh, right, like right, they, right. He basically, him and the other guys, they didn't have time. They, they, they were rushing and he was like, I got this. You know, they, they sort of choreographed wow. the whole thing because he knew the mm. T-Bird style yeah. so well. So, he yeah. lived it. Well, that's that's great. That's and, uh, you know, Pfeiffer is magnetic. I, I, I think I remember hearing at the time that she was like, this movie is garbage and I am phoning it in. I was in oh, no, Scarface, blah, 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 blah. But uh, she's still Michelle Pfeiffer. I, you still are drawn to her. I still still loved her in it. And I thought she was, you know, was this I thought her she was first great. movie. I mean, it was I th- this I is think a it year is. before that's Scarface. What I was read. Oh, it's before Scarface. Yeah, this is her first thing. Well, for, what, for whatever reason. She's fantastic. She's yeah. just so good. She can't help. I love her. Being great. <laughs> you know, exactly. She well can't help it. It's, she's stunning. She's, she's, she's a looks, superstar. She's like a young yeah. Debbie Harry. I was yes. like, I was blown away rewatching it this time. I was like, oh my God, she is. Stu-. And she's got, there's some moments where you're like, okay, she's still learning how to act on, on camera, you know. Right. But for the most part. She's, she's pretty great, you know, all things considered, but she's just like, wow, you can't take your eyes off of her. Agreed. And, uh, cool rider is a great number because of that. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, you know, in a way steals the movie. I do like the bowling number a lot and the choreography in the bowling number is especially fun. It reminded me of the hard knock life, Annie choreography. Like I love that. Yeah. The choreography in the bowling alley is great. I mean, the choreography (laughs) is fantastic (laughs) throughout. yeah, and and the and the film was directed by uh, it's by a, a choreographer. choreographer. Yeah. Yeah. What is her name? I should have said it's her something name. Something Birch, I want to say. Yes, Pamela Birch. Yeah. I think. I think uh, Adrian Zemet said in an interview that he his uh, Patricia Birch. Patricia, Patricia Birch. His uh, double knee surgery we're go during with the- Pamela because I said it. Yeah, we'll do that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. Patricia Birch. Thank you very much. Adrian Zemet said in an interview that uh, the double knee surgery that he got during the pandemic was all due Ooh. to Greece too. All those. Slides oh, in the bowling alley. Are you kidding me? Come on. You know what's so funny? I thought that I was like watching. I was like, I don't know how the fuck he does that. Even when I, yeah. you know, I mean, I've always had bad news, but I look at that. I'm like, <laughs> don't I, do I, that. When I was, when I was 11. When you get cast in the news, stage version like, of uh, Grease 2 at the old globe, Jason. Don't put it which in your. exists. <laughs> Cool Rider. Yeah, Cool is the Rider. Name yeah. of, a, of a musical that they made. They didn't call it Grease 2. They made a musical based on Grease 2 called Cool Rider, apparently. You're kidding. I don't think it, I don't know that it had much of a life anywhere. I don't know if it's been produced or, yeah, I'm, I'm sure it was produced somewhere, but. Apparently yeah, it was impossible to was, dance in that bowling alley. They said the choreography was so, into, it was incredible, but they're like, no one took into consideration that a bowling alley floor is not the best place God. for dancers. And you're just going to well, be sliding around and people were getting hurt left and right. 
Well, and here's the thing, being a bowler or being a lifelong bowler, you know, at this time and into high school, a lifelong bowler and being around bowling and going to bowling with my parents, the lane is has the, the lane is oiled. It is slick with right, oil. Right, so right. all I was thinking was, oh, they're going to fall down. And when they do, they will be covered. Their clothes <laughs> will be covered in lane oil, which, of course, they are not in the movie. But it, that's all I was thinking watching it. I was like, they'd be head to toe in oil. Like, And she never directed a movie again. Um, I'm looking at her uh, her IMDb. She directed several Cindy Lauper music videos, oh. including True Colors and Money wow. Changes Everything. But this was uh, the death knell for Patricia Birch's directing career. But, it, but I think it became kind of a cult classic, no? It definitely yeah, did. It's like a Rocky yeah. Horror now where they play it at midnight yeah. and people, you know, I Fun. read a really lovely uh, oral history about the movie where everyone, mm. and they interview Zmed and Michelle mm. Pfeiffer and, and uh, Christopher McDonald and, 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 and Lorna Luft and a lot of people. And they all are really proud of the movie Maxwell Caulfield As they should be they're, they're all saying like you know we were working our asses off at the time and we thought you know you clearly yeah clearly. and so they they have a lot of fondness for it and someone was I can't remember who it was was saying that you know walking into the midnight showing of it was just magical and people were so into it and I mean if there's if there's a fault to the movie I almost wish they as you were saying before, Dan, I only—I mean, there's a lot of faults with the movie. Don't get me wrong; it's, it's, it's a good. shitty movie. It's not, it's not that but good. I, but yeah, I wish I, they, I, mean, I don't agree. I almost wish they camped it up a little even more. more. But yes. this movie—you guys <laughs> might have heard of a movie called Hocus Pocus, and my feelings yes. of that movie. Oh yes, this, I have mo- heard this of it. was my Hocus Pocus growing up. Oh I, boy. I can't oh, stand Hocus Pocus. It. Hocus Pocus, the thought of it makes me cringe. I break mm-hmm. out into hives. I when I meet someone who likes Hocus Pocus, <laughs> I instantly take a dislike towards them. I'll try to keep my, you know, myself open, but that was my feelings towards Greece too at the time. I could mm. not stand it was on because Dan Wait, you couldn't stand it I or could you not liked stand it. it. No. Oh, I thought I, you were saying it was your hocus pocus, meaning that you it was the movie that you liked that people were like, What the fuck's wrong with you? Okay, no, got no, it, no, got no. It. I had the same like feelings. Right. I it drove me nuts because I knew it was it was on all the time. I don't think we saw it in the theaters either, but yeah, it was on cable constantly. And Constantly. it was, we were always watching yep. it as much as I couldn't stand it. We, it was, it, it was funny. This movie and Xanadu were two movies uh-huh. that my sister loved. It was Grease 2, Xanadu and Three's Company. I couldn't stand either of those. <laughs> my sister loved them and they would always be on. And then like, you know, my friend's sisters loved them as well. So I remember watching Grease 2 it was always on at our house, at the Marin's house, at the block. It was just always on. And yep. I could not. Stand it, but yet I watched it so many times. <laughs> yes, you and, watch it. And like I loved, I remember oh at the time God. just thinking, like, oh, this is terrible. And the first Grease is so much better. And you know, mm-hmm. I, in, in many ways it is. But what's so funny is like, and and I, you know, I say this all the time about how these things get in our DNA. The first Grease movie. It's in the DNA. You know, I watched it so many times as a kid, you know, it's just yeah. such a part of our lives and, oh God, you know, so many times. the lyrics, the lines, everything. Rewatching this movie, I'm like, oh, fuck, this is in there as well. May I speak to you, Miss McGee? Yes, dear, what about? I'm a little worried. I've missed my last two periods. That's all right, dear. You can make them up after school. Where does the pollen go? <laughs>
But the two of them, the two older, Eve Arden and the other kooky lady from Splash, they're in the first one. They're also, in the first right? one. Yes. You got yeah. Eddie Deason. Poor Eddie Deason. Eugene. Great Eddie Deason. Love him. him. Dee Dee Why is Frenchie still there? So it's just like she didn't graduate. She got, well, she went to beauty school. And then is she back in I never understood. Is she a teacher? Is she back in school? Is she a non-traditional student? student? No, she's back. She came back, she says. She's back because she left school in the original to go to beauty school. And then that didn't work out for her. So I guess she's back. Is she the chemistry teacher? No, no, no. No. She's coming back to take chemistry to learn about skincare. She wants to go into skincare now. Oh, you got more out of it. Okay, so she's (laughs) specifically... So she's, well, that she's taking, baffled by the she's plot. taking an elective in high school. Yes. Is that what she's doing? She's just coming to chemistry class. Fantastic. Yeah, pretty much. She's not, matric. she's not, she's not a trick fully and matriculated. There's the, and there's the actor who is like the, the, the kind of Crater face. Crater face. Yeah. Right. Valmudo. He was he's, back too. And he's like 55. But why? They're all like, yeah, that's what I mean. It's like, because it's like, Jason, is, they reached out to the, the rest of the, the original Grease cast. They said, please, someone come back. Travolta was like, no. Olivia Newton-John said no. Everyone, Duty said no. And when Duty says no. Every, everyone said no. Didi Khan was like, sure, why not? I'm not doing anything. I'll come back. And then Craterface was like, yeah, why not? Absolutely. I got to pay my mortgage. I'll be back, yeah. And like Sid Caesar was like, ah, whatever. Sid you know, Caesar. just if I can fuck Eve Harden again, sure, I'll come back. So, Tommy <laughs> oh, oh, oh. Stevens and Tab Hunt are not in the first one. No, they're no, not. No. They're oh, funny. Okay. I thought Tab Hunter was really good. funny. Yeah, yeah Tab Hunter's great. But those songs, like, you're right, they're earworms. I knew every single one. Mm-hmm. And just even just the little moments, the, the line. Now, it's not a good movie. It's a it's a really shitty, shitty movie. But what's wrong with it? Uh, yeah, you're right. I mean, that's you pose a good question. Is it because you don't care as much? What's so right about the original Grease? Like when uh, Olivia Newton-John passed away last year, I watched Grease again for the first Mm -hmm. time in a long time. And yeah, that is, I've seen that movie dozens upon dozens of times and love it and still enjoyed it, you know, still, but it's, it's a thin enterprise, but I mean, it's, but it, but the songs are great, super catchy uh, that, you know, the the two leads are so incredible, but I mean, not that Olivia Newton-John is that magnetic, you know, in this movie, Michelle Pfeiffer is the Travolta of this movie. Like the star, the wattage off of John Travolta is what you get from Michelle Pfeiffer in this. And so in a way it's like, is it just that this is an also ran that this didn't have a reason for being, I mean, when I was reading about it, it's, this movie got made for the same reason that um, that they keep making Spider-Man movies, honestly, <laughs> which is that, that I mean, now they're, they keep making them because they're so popular. But mm. initially, the rebooting was about a financial imperative, like to keep the rights or to yeah, like keep, yeah. it was a contractual thing. And that was what it was for Greece, too. It was like there was a deal in place that they had to produce a movie within four or five years uh, in order to get a sequel off the ground or for the, you know, the, 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 the rights to the name to, uh, to, yep. to be able to be employed. So it was something like that. So it was, it was driven, which, you know, and most sequels are just driven, you know, by, especially at this time, it's like just carbon copy of the last one just to make money. But this was like, you had to do it within the four years or something in order to fulfill an obligation. So it has, but, and I will say it doesn't really, <laughs> 
That's why Warren Beatty keeps doing the Dick Tracy thing, right? <laughs> yeah, that's why he. Oh my like, god. Yeah. These little right. videos that he does to like, you know, keep his rights to Dick Tracy. It's like, dude, you're going to, you're going to go to your grave with those rights to Dick Tracy. You ain't doing nothing with those rights to Dick Tracy, but nobody else is either. You sure. could let it lapse. Nobody's going to be like, yeah, give me those Dick Tracy rights. So, <laughs> no one cares. Nobody exactly. cares about Dick Tracy. But, um, but I will say this doesn't, it, this is well, yeah, it's well made. It's very and, well made. And the talent, there's, there's a lot of talent there. Peter Frechette is great. When I saw, because I have not, I've only seen this like twice in my life. I saw it once on either on VHS or cable when I was younger. And then, you know, this week and, and I did not because my sister was loved the original Grease, but we didn't watch Grease 2 at our house. I didn't know about it. It wasn't like a thing where I was like, oh, well, young young women like this. I figured gay guys like this. This is what I found out like in my twenties, like going off on regional theater gigs and like my, you know, gay friends being like, Oh, grease too. And like putting grease too. And that's like, it's a, yeah, it's a, it's, it's more than the original grease. This is like the, mwah, the chef's kiss yes. of like gay grease movies, I guess. And, uh, <laughs> And I do think like the cast is so strong across the board, it really, except for Maxwell Caulfield. I'm sorry. I, I like he's terrible. Oh, see, I didn't think he was bad. I think he got well. Oh, let me let me terrible. No, let he me has restate a beautiful this. Face. He's beautiful. He looks like he's he was carved very, out of marble. Very handsome. Yeah, I think he loses it. I think, unfortunately for him. I think he's actually okay. Where he loses it is in the musical numbers. And unfortunately, this is a musical. Yeah. So if you're playing the right. lead in a musical and you can't carry those songs, that's where you're fucked. So I think- He to- loses it in the speaking to people. He's, <laughs> when he's speaking to people, he's losing it. No, I, th- oh, no. I, I think he's perfectly fine in those scenes. Oh, boy. You're giving yeah. a pass that I, I'm sh- I'm shocked. I'm shocked and dismayed by the pass you're giving. His, his scenes with Didi Khan are a masterclass. In what? I'm not sure. <laughs> in cosmetology or whatever <laughs> she's going back to school for. So apparently there was a whole scene that was cut where Didi Khan, where Frenchie teaches him how to ride the motorcycle. Oh, it was like a whole musical number. So I'd like to see that. That's figure. great. That's why she signed on, I'm sure. What's your sad story about Maxwell Caulfield? Yeah, what though? happened? Because I know he they found him on he was doing entertaining Mr. Sloan and the Elephant Man. Uh-huh. He was doing uh, you know like New York theater and they I just him in, in the oral history and, that I was reading, he was just sort of saying that, you know, before before the movie came out, he was being touted everywhere as like the next Travolta, the next Richard Gere. Like he was, he was a Broadway actor and Gere, he was, he was see. getting amazing reviews and doing really well. And he was yeah. plucked off the stage. You know, he beat out, you know, thousands of other people. And then he said, and, and after this, he's like, that was it. He's like, he could oh, not get hired. God. And oh. you know, when other people, obviously Michelle Pfeiffer so got sad. a career, other people got the careers. And yeah. he's like, it took me 10 years to like dig himself <sighs> Out of that, and you know, I, I don't know. It just made me that sucks. You know, I just no, you feel, I, felt I feel bad. bad for him. But I mean, but it's on the screen. It's not, <laughs> yeah. No, it is I, I Christopher McDonald that and 
Bad. Christopher McDonald and Peter Frechette are 38 times better than him yes, at every are. moment. And Michelle Pfeiffer is 300 times better than everyone. It makes sense that the, it's not like hard math, like why his career tanked out. He barely can move his mouth when he's talking. He's incredibly handsome. God bless him. God bless him and his beautiful, beautiful face. He was not good in this movie. Sometimes people aren't good in things, and there are repercussions. 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 Your career is really dead. Where does the call field go? I had this idea of Mr. Wright, remember? Which is a stupid idea, right? Right. And then all out of nowhere, he shows up. Like some dream or something. Who? Mr. Wright. And then the crazy thing is, is that I've seen him twice now. And both times he's wearing these goggles. I don't even know who he is. Mr. Wright. Right. Right. Don't you think that's kind of weird? Not weird, weird, but like exciting weird. So what's the problem then? Well, the problem is that maybe he's just not everything I imagined. What if behind those goggles he's just like some ordinary guy? What if he is? Now, didn't we see another movie he was in? We saw yes, something he, else was he was in, in. Uh, Empire Records. Empire oh, Records. Oh, okay, what? well, that's... He, he that's, was um, the guy... Oh, yes, he was. Uh, what's his that's name? Right. They have the day. I'm blanking on the... He played like a British... He played like a Rick Astley British superstar type. Uh, no, nah, he was... Now, that's a bad movie. But yeah. He was... Was he He's okay fine. in that? He was Man, okay He was in fine. That. He was fine. He did what he came to do, and that was it. Yeah. He uh, he had sex with what's her face in the in the storeroom. Didn't yes, yeah, uh, yeah, with, yeah. With with um, yes, Connie uh, Francis's uh, coat. <laughs> Connie Stevens's Francis's coat. Um, yeah, Connie no, Stevens's I mean, coat. I mean, obviously, Francis. if he was like getting you know strong reviews on the New York stage, it's not that he. It's not that he can't act, but I'm sure. But no. I, I, I'm 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 shocked. I'm shocked. I'm shocked to read. That they plucked him off of, you know, broad from doing straight plays actor, on right. Broadway. That he was a stage actor. And was, I was very surprised by that because I was like, "Oh, this is." It just seems like a modeling agency sent him to the set, and Agreed. that's what it feels yeah. like. He's not. He's not at the. When I say this, I mean sort of. I don't mean talent wise, but I mean like at the. He's not at the same level of the others as far as. Just on that, just straddling that line of camp, you know, which you have to kind of do in a musical. I mean, Gene Kelly knew how to do it. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? It's it's like the the you have to be you you have to know that you're not in realism. You're not in an Arthur Miller play, you know. And he and mm-hmm. he's and he's you don't you see he's any playing it a little th- too. He also has a tough job though because I'm he thinking does. about this because he's, he's a straight man and he's this. a straight man and he's also pretty much on his own the whole time. The T Birds yes. watching this, as you said, I'm going. These T Birds are great. They like they, they, they yeah. have the same energy as the T Birds in the first one. There's a great patter. They're funny. They're each individual. Like they're each yes. like trying to top one another, but like no one's ever really sh- like it. All works. There's there's a great energy that they seems all 35, which is yeah, great. exactly, which, which, which is a hallmark of those movies. Hallmark right? of Greece, yeah. <laughs> Jeff Conaway is like 42. Yeah, yeah it's, but it's the same thing with the pink ladies. You have these groups and they're going back and forth. He's by himself. It's him and Frenchie. 
That's it. Yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. he's got some cute scenes with Pamela Adlon. Here's something funny I read. I don't know if you read Pamela this, Jason. Adlon is so great. She's wonderful. Yeah. I had a crush so on her great. when I was a kid. Like she would always pop oh, up well, in things, sure. and I was like, "Oh, she's, she's Which like a little she? spunky, punky Bruce." She's type. The, the she's the little girl. She's like the 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 young girl who uh, what is her what is the character's name? That oh, she Dolores. Plays, Dolores. Dolores. Yes, yes. She's great. She's and she's on. She's, she's so all good. over the place. She's all over the place. Oh yeah. Uh, now, now. Oh right? yeah. She, oh, yeah. She, she, had, uh, uh, she was on Louie, and then she Louis, had her own yes, series her own on. on uh, but FX. she said apparently there was a lost yes. in translation moment. Where, uh, you know, at the end where he whispers yeah. to her That's and right. she That's said right. in this interview, she was saying that Maxwell, she, she was like, Maxwell's the best. He whispered in my ear at the end of the movie. And what he said is a secret that I'll keep with me forever. Oh, so we'll never know. That's wonderful. We'll never I know. love that. And I think it was, if you ever do a TV series, will you please cast me in it? Because my career no. is dead after this. Oh. I have a feeling that's maybe what he whispered. Did no, she what, cast him? In the I scene? have no idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, that would be, because that would be a cruel cut. I'm sure he said something like, you're wonderful. You're going to have a great career. You, no, you did a great said, job in this. I'm proud of you. He said something sweet. She was like 12. He was being supportive. He said, he if like you're looking nice for a summer camp, look up my friend Jean Valjean. <laughs> If you're into pigs or I see you and I think, and I think, <laughs> baby pigs <laughs> and animation. Did you ever dissect a fetal pig? Did you ever dissect a fetal pig? Come Did to my trailer to? in 10 minutes. <laughs> Gene, ask for Gene. Re- reproduction and Cool Rider are, are catchy songs. Yeah, they yeah. are catchy songs, but I, I don't think the music is anywhere near. I thought the Greece. seasons one was good. No. A Girl for All Seasons. It, it is appropriately annoying. It is. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's my favorite annoying. song, my favorite song was Sid Caesar's uh, homage <sighs> to your baseball song when he went, basketball, <laughs> basketball. Yes. I, I was thinking <laughs> that too, that, I was like, oh my I God, I wanted to go, too. basketball, basketball, what do you do? Basketball, basketball, <laughs> how do you do? <laughs> he was ridiculous. He was, he really phoned it right. And they, oh, I mean, God. you could tell He's they like, didn't even write anything for him. They're like, oh, yeah. no, talk about things. He's like, what do you compare like a football to a nuclear bomb? And yes. that's the way you like, yeah. he's such a, it was like, dude, he was on cocaine and he just <laughs> like said what he said and they kept it. And I was like, what are you doing? What well, are you that, talking about? As nice he went off him. screen, you can hear him it, say, the check's nice going to clear, right? You hear, you can hear him <laughs> say that. Did the check clear? He was a fit old man, though. He was. Yeah. Like, he was. Pow. <laughs> yep. Good looking guy. Lorna Luft was wonderful. She was great. Lorna she, Luft was she probably good. had the best voice in the entire movie, and she sings like two lines. I know. Yeah. And she's the half sister of Liza Minnelli, or full. She's Judy Garland's daughter. Judy Garland's yeah. daughter. But is she related to. Li- she is related to. Li- oh, she, she, well, she would be the half sister. Or yeah, not the full sister. Half sister of Liza. Um, do you, you. You picked up on he's supposed to be Australian, Maxwell Caulfield's character? I thought he's British. That's what I thought I, too, but I don't know because he's, 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 he's Sandy's cousin or something. He's Sandy's or? cousin, isn't Sandy Australian? That's I was just doing oh. the math. From the, I live in America, but I have cousins in England. Like, I didn't even put together. I know. <laughs> well, maybe he's supposed to be British. I just, I just thought I could barely understand what he was saying, so I didn't. I didn't perceive an accent. <laughs> And I was like, you're Sandy's cousin, so you're also from Australia. No, maybe he's British. I, I redacted. I guess he's British. <laughs> no, I don't know. Make I'm it asking. Sim- I'm make asking. Make it simpler. I don't know. Make it simpler because, uh, you Listen. know. Uh, 
I'm I'm Sandy Skizzen, but I'm from uh, England, and uh, or, or he could be from he could be from uh, you know from uh, Hoboken. I'm Sandy Skizzen from Hoboken. A cousin could be anywhere on Earth. If you're making this piece of shit, you, it makes sense to be like, "Hi, I'm uh, good day. I'm from where my my cousin is." There you go. They couldn't get Paul Hogan for this for to play that part. Get call him up. Get a young, strapping, you are always advocating Paul Hogan. For getting Paul Hogan into Because things. he's wonderful as Crocodile Dundee. He's wonderful. My grandmother loved him. You get Paul Hogan in there, you've got my money. <laughs> now listen, uh, um, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say, I think the message of this movie Aye. is a better message than the final message of Greece. The final message of Greece has always irked me a little. Because yes, she's got to change everything about herself. She's got to basically, you know, get all dolled up at the end to be like, see, I'm what you want now. I'm, I'm what you've always wanted. Whereas in this, he's, it's the slow, steady process of, of him going, you know, um, I'm going to be the cool writer and, and he's, and he's, you know, I guess, um, changing not who he is, but the, but the persona. And I love that. It's like, by the end, it's like, you know, I'm I'm still this guy underneath. And she's like, I get to be I get to have both guys because she because you do see her falling for him as the bookworm. She is in falling that, for him as the bookworm. In that, in, and in I that incomprehensible that. scene where they're talking about Hamlet and hamburgers. It's like it's like it they clever said clever and cute. That's oh, no. <laughs> it was like they said, go. They're like, go improvise. And they improvised, no, and that's that, what they came up with. No. It was a, it's a bad scene, and she's very good in it because she's good in everything. It's a weird, bad scene. But yes, it's I do bantery. like that she likes both parts of him, that it's yes. not just like, oh, well, you're a fucking nerd, but no, oh, now you're the cool writer, so I love you. So yeah, I your like nerd that. persona utterly, which is the opposite of Grease One. Grease One is like, hey, I'm this now, and everything I was as Sandy is gone. I don't like that. I agree with you there. The thing I didn't like at the end was when they're like, yeah, you can be a T-bird now. I was like, oh, who? you don't need the T-bird. This is, do you yeah. realize high school's almost <laughs> over and this is not going to matter in your lives at all? Because she's trying to get away from all of that. And I, I never remembered this being a thing. I mean, obviously in the first film. Oh, with the pink ladies having to be with the T-birds? That the pink ladies have to be with the T-birds? Yeah, that was like weird. That that's a thing? I was like, that's weird. And that doesn't seem like, even it though they weird. lined I think it's weird I, by design. She's trying to bust. She's trying to buck that trend. Right. So let she's her break it and let her go off with the boyfriend <laughs> that she likes, who's, who is an amalgam of. That's the his cool and That's the conflict. Why does of the he movie? have to? But when they put a T-bird jacket on him at the end and then they can be together that's and everybody approves. ceremonial. It's purely ceremonial. That's like bullshit, but that makes it's, it. It's like getting an honorary doctorate. Right, but then you give away, but then he should give away. He said, I don't, I don't need it. Or she says, exactly. someone says, I don't, don't need this. I don't, you don't need that for me to be with you now. Because that was really giving her right. permission to be you're with right. him. The yeah, movie's you know, saying right. like, now she can be with him and still be a pink lady. And I want, when he said that, when Agreed. Zamed says that thing, like, you know, you better give that jacket. I was like, why isn't she taking that jacket off now? That thin, shitty satin jacket. She'll look, she'll look great in anything. You know, throw the pink lady's jacket in his face and actually evolve. That was, uh, I'm, I'm asking for a little too much from Greece too, I think. But um, <laughs> Yeah, save it for Greece 3. No, but you're right. Which, that would have been cool for her to be like, you don't need that and I don't need this and F you yeah. all. That would have been a yeah. great ending. 
At that and point, they, they just wanted together. to, you know, finish things up. They just wanted to move on. They just had it. to put the guy. Agreed. The guy I, had to be wearing the leather jacket, and she right. had to be wearing a pink ladies thing for the, yeah. you know, for the action figures. A strong 7.5 on it. Strong wow. 7.5. Wow. I enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. I thought it was well made, as well put together. Did it make me cry? No. Did it make me ill? No. Did I want to dissect a pig? Kinda. But it was. <laughs> I, I I enjoy it. It's very well made. It's very well put together. It does lose its way once Maxwell Caulfield starts sort of thought singing. And all of that. It does lose its way hard. And then it kind of gets it back in the luau. And, um, you know, I, I, it, I it, it finishes By the strong. Luau, I, tu- I, tu- I was tuned out. I was way tuned out. I thought it finished point. strong. I thought it finished strong. I'm living in a five. I give it a five. I, I agree You're with you, Dan. You're not recommendable? You're right on the fence? I mean... I don't think anyone needs to see it, but I think if, you, if I think if people saw it, they, they'd be like, okay, it's not great. It's not the first one, but it's, I agree. There's some fun numbers. I didn't, I, I, I wasn't, I was enjoying it. I, I, again, I don't know if it's mostly the nostalgia. A lot of that, you know, uh, is it, right. that's, that's a big thing for me with some of these movies where it just the fact sure. that it came back so strong and going, oh my God, I remember every single moment yeah. and I really did not expect to. But your childhood loathing of it did not return. No, no. Okay. I, I agree with you, Dan, that at the points... At the exact points that you mentioned, those are the points that lost me. And I was like, ah, this isn't, this isn't great. Yeah, and I wanted it to be in the, in the third act. Yeah, yeah. I almost wanted it to be a little, I almost wanted it to have like a, like a John Waters, uh, cry baby oh, that been or good. hairspray yes. feel to yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, you know, like I, I kept thinking like, this is so close to being like a, a rock and roll, like a Ramones rock and roll high school, but better, you know, like the choreography uh-huh. was great. There were great songs. I did think you said this earlier. I was like, these are really good musical theater songs. Uh, you know, a yeah. good handful of them. Uh, well, and, good. and I think reading that oral history of it also sort of endeared me to it a bit more yeah. just knowing how much fun everyone had and yeah for the most part mm-hmm. I don't think Maxwell Caulfield is as bad as Jason's saying he's not great he's bland but I think the rest of the cast uh, does a does a great job but yeah especially I'm gonna stick Zmed, with the five especially Zmed blowing everyone else off the I, screen I, I, people growing up people were like you the next Adrian Zmed so I was like so I got mm-hmm. I gotta be on the Zmed side yeah I could I, see that I, I, I laughed see out it. loud once and it was when Adrian Zmed uh, paid Caulfield for the, it was very funny the way he, the way Silly. he got the money to, <laughs> to yep. Maxwell Caulfield to yep. do his homework or whatever. It was very funny. Um, yep. three, Ooh. it's a three. And Ouch. it's, and they're, they're, it's you know, really three for Michelle Pfeiffer and, and or like two for Michelle Pfeiffer and 0.5 for, Christopher McDonald, another 0.5 for mm-hmm. Peter Frechette. It's nothing to phone home about, right? You won the contest. That's Wait, Jurassic, that Jurassic Park. Park. Why Wait. did you ruin it? <laughs> Wait, that's Star Trek. That's not... Jesus Christ. How's it go? Do, 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 do.
<laughs> E.T. Entertainer. Boom. <laughs> uh, well, but first, ask Tainer first. <laughs> wow. You don't just entertainer. Wow. You know, you, know. you don't have to buy dinner, but coffee. Okay. E.T., the extraterrestrial. Did you guys say that when you were kids? All the time. Yes. E.T., yes, the extra the testicle. Yeah, all the yes, time. Yes, everybody said it. Jason's done with us. Wow. I just want to Jesus. talk about this wonderful Sorry. movie. I want to talk about Sorry. a great movie. E.T., the extra testicle. Yes, that's right. <laughs> Because he looked like a testicle. He kind of did. E.T., you figure out what the T stands for. <laughs> Use your imagination. Nope. Terrestrial. Ah. Extraterrestrial. I'm going to say it again. E.T. the extraterrestrial. <laughs> E.T. the extraterrestrial? E. T. The extraterrestrial. In 1975, he directed Jaws. In 1978, he directed Close Encounters of the Third Kind. In 1981, he directed Raiders of the Lost Ark. And now, Steven Spielberg brings us E.T., the extraterrestrial. We will witness the arrival the search, the desertion, the fear, the discovery, the friendship. I'm keeping him. The secret. Are you finished now? The love. Oh, fat fox. The warning. Jesus fucking Christ. The dude. signal. Oh, my fucking God. The mystery. I've never seen anything like this. The danger. You gotta be fucking kidding. Does every open space have to be filled in? The intrusion. Shut up! Shut! The uh, wonderment. Oh my fucking god! Okay. The enchantment. No, no, the hope. Ah, the connection what, has been made. Universal Pictures presents Steven Spielberg. E.T. The extraterrestrial. I think it's absolutely right. To give it a slap. Yeah. It's the last resort. He's not going to do it because he wants to do it. Huh? Wait till people see this interview. But you're going to get male. Might get some female. <laughs> After a gentle alien becomes stranded on Earth, the being is discovered and befriended by a young boy named Elliot played by Henry Thomas. Bringing the extraterrestrial into his suburban California home, Elliot introduces E.T., as the alien is dubbed, to his older brother Michael, played by Robert McNaughton, and his little sister Gertie, played by Drew Barrymore, and the children decide to keep its existence a secret. However, soon after developing what can only be described as a symbiotic, organically interdependent relationship, E.T. and Elliot fall ill, resulting in government intervention and a dire situation for both the child and the alien. 
E.T.'s concept was based on the imaginary friend director Steven Spielberg created after his parents' divorce. Unlike most films, E.T. was shot in rough chronological order to facilitate convincing emotional performances from its young cast. The creature itself was designed by Carlo Rambaldi, and the film was an immediate blockbuster, surpassing Star Wars to become the highest-grossing film of all time, a record it held for 11 years until Spielberg's own Jurassic Park surpassed it in 1993. E.T. was widely acclaimed by critics and is regarded as one of the greatest films of all time. Roger Ebert gave the film four out of four stars and wrote, This is not simply a good movie. It is one of those movies that brush away our cautions and win our hearts. CinemaScore reported that audiences polled during opening weekend gave the film a rare A+, the first instance of a film receiving such a high grade. E.T. received nine Oscar nominations, winning Best Original Score, Best Visual Effects, Best Sound, and Best Sound Editing, but losing Best Picture and Director to Gandhi. Gandhi's director Richard Attenborough said, I was not only certain that E.T. would win, but that it should win. It was inventive, powerful, wonderful. In an amusing twist of fate, Mars Incorporated refused to allow M&M candies to be used in the film, believing that E.T. would frighten children. So the Hershey's company (laughs) was asked if Reese's Pieces could be used, and it agreed. The product placement resulted in a stratospheric increase in Reese's Pieces sales, while Mars scrambled to make a deal for its products to appear in Spielberg's next creature feature, Gremlins. Wah, wah, wah. Didn't go so well. I mean, Gremlins is great little scary. (laughs) E.T. the Extraterrestrial took in $11.8 million over its opening weekend against a budget of just $10.5 million, which was $500,000 less than the budget of Greece, too. E.T. went on to earn $437.1 million domestically and nearly $793 million worldwide. Fred and Dan, I don't know if you've ever heard of this movie, Mm -mm. but... What did you think when you finally watched <laughs> E.T., The Elastic Testicle? I just kept wondering, how do I get an extra testicle? Mm. That, was your, you, main, that was your main you, thought? That was yeah. your main thought? Yeah, what would it be like to have that extra testicle? What would how would you get it out of your pants to play drums with it sitting on the on the stool? Yeah, yeah, because like Spielberg always, you know, he wanted an imaginary friend. I had an imaginary testicle that I always dreamed about. That was your so friend. I was a little disappointed in seeing this movie that that's not yeah. what was it about. Aww. But, uh, it was so how many Sheilas? <laughs> three for each testicle. <laughs> it's uh yeah, it's okay. It's all right. No, it's wonderful. No. It's 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 ET. We talked about this in another episode, but like the hype for this movie was palpable. <laughs> it was the first time I remember driving down Plandome Road. And just seeing the lines, the mm-hmm. lines at the movie theater, just going down the block and around the corner. I could, I'd never seen that before. I'd never seen mm. so many people waiting to get into a movie. And I remember going with my parents once and it was pouring out and we were all set to go see it. And I was so disappointed. And my, my dad was like, no, we're not waiting outside in the rain for that long. Mm. Cause the line was so yeah. long. So we hmm. ended up going back. You know, and I, so I definitely saw it in the theaters and yeah, and it became an ET became everything. And, and, uh, you know, it, it was, uh, just so mind blowing and heartwarming in so many ways. I remember the, 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 it was nothing like that penis breath 
was I'm like there's there's nothing funnier than that that <laughs> brings yes. the, like the house exploded, you yeah. know. Yeah. I'm, I was like I've never I've never heard such language in a, in a movie <laughs> um, for kids. Yeah, yeah. But and then and then rewatching and I hadn't seen it in a while and the, you know there are little there there are definitely little moments and and I don't want to call them holes but questions that I had even then. That mm. I still, I buy and I go with like the whole sort like of, um, uh, like you were saying that, like uh, that, 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 that psychic connection between them, you know, when mm -hmm. that sort of happens, even as a kid, I was like, wait, what, but how, like, I thought it was great. I loved it, yeah. but I never understood how or why it happened. And maybe it doesn't matter. Um, you know, but like that, and even the flowers, I wanted a bit more, of well, how do they know? How do the other kids know? And I always wondered, as an even as a youngin, was there something that was cut that we missed? Uh, of of mm. of you know, understanding that he brings life to these flowers. You know, you don't yeah. the, the kids don't really see that. Now that doesn't take away from anything at all because the moment where that heart light, as Neil Diamond sung about, comes mm. back. Yeah, As he's closing yeah. the the yeah, ice so chamber. Great. Oh my god. I mean, that's yes. one of the biggest, you know, tears oh flowing moment yeah. you'll have in, in in a movie experience. And I to this day, like from that moment on, it's just <sighs> pure like and cheering yeah. and it's it's wonderful. But those are just like two little things that as a, even as a kid I wondered, I how does that connect? Didn't take away yeah. at all. Uh but those are the like the little things that maybe would take it away from me saying it's a perfect movie, but it's pretty goddamn perfect, and it's it, yes. it, it, it's it hinges on those kids. Henry Thomas is is he's incredible. He's amazing. Oh my god! There are some shots that you're going, you know, especially that scene where he's talking over E.T.'s dead body. You're going, they're not cutting away. Those tears are coming naturally. It's not like they cut and like put a little yeah, you know right. teardropper in his eye. Uh, with That's the right. glycerin, this kid is just pouring it all out there, and yeah. they're That's all what great. His audition was. You've seen yes. the audition yeah, yeah, yeah. tapes, right? I mean, that's yeah. He's just he's so good. He's so all of them are, and the, and they get that. I, I remember, you know, watching it now, and also just as a kid, when those kids get on their bikes and they start riding. Oh, great! It was everything because I, being the age that I was at the time, like riding our bikes, getting on our BMX bikes or whatever it was, was just, freedom was freedom was freedom. And that idea of like, Oh my God, taking like the kids took control of the situation and they knew where to go. They knew all the routes and how to get, how to get away from the cops because they probably spent, it, it was our summer. It was that, it was like a suburban yeah. summer. What you did, you got on your bikes with your friends, mm. you rode everywhere. You went to the places that you really weren't supposed to go to. Uh, you knew, you know, all the, the little secret ways of getting places it was your world. And to see that on a screen, I don't know if I'd that's ever it. seen that before. Maybe I had, but I just remember that feeling of like, oh, that's us. That's us. That's this could this could happen to me and my friends. 
you know? Yes, totally, and, totally. Which is exactly what, <laughs> that's the beauty of the movie, is what, and that's what Spielberg yeah. is doing. Like, that's what we all want. We all want to make that discovery and have that secret. For, I remember even, like, as a kid, looking out the window, and we had a lot of squirrels in our front yard. And I remember I found hmm. a squirrel, and I named it. And I'm like, that squirrel's going to be my uh, friend. You know, it's uh, like, you want hmm. that. Everyone yeah. wants that. So he tapped into something so powerful and so palpable, even if, you know, my parents were together and, and, and I, I didn't have that, you know, sort of traumatic childhood that he did, but it's still, y'all want that. Even as adults, you want that. But as a kid, just to find that someone or that something special, that's just yours, that you and your friends, you know, and that's, that's another great key as well, is that Elliot brings his brother and sister into it. You know, I kept thinking yes. that this time, like a lesser movie, maybe it, even he would have kept it hidden from his other siblings. You know, it's only the kids. He's just bringing the kids into it. And it's, it is a movie told from the kid perspective. Yeah, and that's and what, that's with, what's beautiful about with it. The, sh the, the thing that I noticed this time more than anything is that, and I, I knew this before, but in terms of that, what you're saying there, Dan, other than D Wallace, you never see an adult from above the Very waist down. Very few adults. That's right. But, yeah. but it's, exactly all, right. it's all from the waist down. That's it. So it's from a yeah. kid's, kid's view. But also, yeah. what blew me away this time, it is shot beautifully. Yes. Like some, like the, the light and shadow that he uses in each frame. And some of the frames are composed. They're just gorgeous. Like right from the beginning, yeah. the guys coming up with the flashlights in the mist, um, the scene where D. Wallace is reading Peter Pan to Gertie uh, oh gosh, is beautiful. Yeah. And then also mm -hmm. the scene where um, this this shot sort of blew me away this time of Elliot teaching E.T. about his world, which is amazing. Because again, as a kid, you're like, Such oh, he's using Star Wars figures. I yes. know that, you know, and yeah. you're like, yes, that's exactly how we would teach an alien. We would yeah, take out our, we take out Hammerhead, we take out Greedo, <laughs> but it, it, it was just so great. And just whatever's in front of him, you know, there's no rhyme or yeah. reason. It's like here, peanut, bank. It was great, but how it was shot, the composition is all in shadow and he's got his desk lamps and the way yeah. the desk lamps are set, it's just a, you know, a, a perfectly constructed frame. It's, it's like, and there's like so many Akira of those Kurosawa, in this movie. you know, type. Yeah. You're like, oh my oh, God. No, he's, it's, it's beautifully, beautifully, beautifully there's, shot. There's great depth of field. He's using the whole, the whole frame that one of my favorite shots is when D Wallace opens the, the closet and it's all the stuffed animals yeah. and he's in the middle of it. So yeah. funny and so well put together. But then, it's you know, brilliant. you can, you contrast that and it's so colorful, right? There's a lot of great color in this movie. You contrast that with Elliot uh, and the brother finding very sick, almost dead ET oh. by the side of the creek. Oh. That is, sh it's shot. I'm never prepared for it whenever yeah. I see this movie, and yeah. it shocks me every time. Because it's shot um, in the light our, of day. It's like the, I think one exactly, of the things. It's, it's not at night. Exactly. Yeah. Fair. Yeah. It's and he's so just gray bright and, and oh, yeah. ashen and it, he truly looks, you know, like he's, and it's like, how did he get there? You know, um, did he try to fly and fell? You know, like what happened? You don't know. There's a lot of mystery in the movie and that's part of its beauty. We watch this every year at Halloween. It's Taylor and my Halloween movie. Oh. So we've seen this a bunch of times. It's our fall go-to Halloween night um, movie. It's a tradition. Um, it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Every time I get to the end, I go, 
That is my favorite movie. It's my favorite movie. It's better than Psycho. It's better than Goodfellas. It's right up there. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then yeah. I rewatch those and I go, no, these are actually my favorite. So it jockeys sometimes for that mm-hmm. number one position. It's my mom's favorite movie. I have very strong move, uh, memories of seeing this movie as a kid in a packed theater, crying, crying, yeah. crying my eyes out when you think E.T. is dead because you truly do think he's dead. It was one of those movies that kind of carries you with it, just like Roger Ebert said, like a Star Wars or like an Indiana Jones, where you are, you're kind of lifted out of your theater seat. You kind of forget you're so absorbed in it, or at least I was as an eight-year-old kid. You're so utterly, completely bought into it that you forget you, that you, who you are, kind of, because you 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 think yeah. you're you think you're in it. You know, you think it's it's you in there. And what's wonderful, the the thing that you know always strikes me about this movie um another thing that catches me by surprise all the time is like yes they're 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 armed and i'm so glad spielberg put the guns back in because yes. that is powerful because it's the danger it's the danger of adulthood right it's the danger of maturity it's the danger of the lack the 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 apparent loss of wonder but what's great is that everybody they're all there they all watch at the end just like at the end of close encounters they're all there and it's about the goodness the goodness of humanity allows this to happen. They all see it. They all acknowledge it and they go, oh, this is what this is. This is not a danger. It's not going to hurt us. We're not going to we're not going to pull a, a Dr. Valjean and to dissect this thing. We're going to we're going to we're going to let this play out because it needs to play out. Because as Peter Coyote, Coyote says, I was once you. I was once that kid. I noticed for the first time how much, and I wonder if this was done on purpose, Peter Coyote really looks like he could be an adult Henry Thomas. And I wonder if that looks kind of like Spielberg too. Oh yeah. 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 yeah, Totally. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And it's like he he was I was once you. I believed in the things you believe in. I, there's still a kid inside me. Mm-hmm. And E.T. survives and the ending is allowed to happen the way it does. And nobody shoots at anybody or runs up and tries to rescue him at the end when mm-hmm. when E.T. says, I'll be right here and touches him, which is the beautiful and hugs him when E.T. hugs him and yeah. his big, long fingers Those sort of fingers, come yeah. around his his shoulders. It's I, I'm I'm streaming tears down my face all the time when I see that. And then he waddles up. He takes the flower with him. He takes the flower with him because he's a botanist and that's what they came here for yes, that's what he was there to do yeah. but it's also special yeah and, and and everybody is watching 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 and not freaking out and not panicking and not going we must we must like you like in a in a in a in a movie in which the 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 they could have easily gone with the the parents you know parents just don't understand <laughs> adults don't understand this and they'll, they'll never get it no they all get it Everybody gets it. It's about the 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 kid in us that it truly, in a in a in a wonderful way, and I mean that literally. The the sense of wonder that all of us have inside of us. It it's compassion and love win the day, rather than you know mm-hmm. because of because we were all once children, and that is the that is the the beautiful unparalleled in my view message of this movie is that love won won the day when it could have gone a very different way. And it's it's because they're all watching and they all everybody gets it. They I mean, all get what this it's is. It's also not a coincidence. Yeah. I, I don't think it's a coincidence either with what you're saying. It's their heart light. They communicate 
Exactly. Literally through their heart. Through the heart. Which mm-hmm. is, you yeah. know, when you think of love, it's, it's you know, based around the heart. So that's right. That's, uh, you know, I'm sure that's a huge part of, of, of what you're saying there as well. Jason, you didn't like it. You didn't care for it. Yeah, you know. Um, <laughs> no, I mean, I said, you know, it was my favorite Spielberg movie when we did our Spielberg retrospective. And, and what I said then still stands, which is it's it, it's such an incredible achievement on so many fronts. But the the most amazing and the thing that can't be that nobody else has. I don't I, there is no other movie that is uh, replicated it or come anywhere near close in my opinion is how how incredible it like steven spielberg is such is like et he's such a unique organism (laughs) i mean because he can because he he is fully accessing the child within in a way that i i've never seen any filmmaker do like it it's because what's so beautiful about this movie is you'd say you say it's film the the child's perspective and and Mm -hmm. everything is from a child's point of view it's it's like if a child was a super genius technician who could make a film on this level and made the film. It's like a child. It's like both both at the same time, the symbiotic relationship between E.T. and Elliot. There's a symbiotic relationship within Steven Spielberg between a brilliant adult mind and the, the purity of a, of a child and and a child's experience. Making me tear up. You saying, well, it's like the kids that's saying, you know, it's, it's, yeah, you're right. Cause it's like with Elliot teaching, you know, how do you teach someone about the world with what you know as a child? With what you know, yeah. right, which is like, and it's completely foreign to him. You know, what's so brilliant about that scene is it's because he's seeing, the, he's trying to teach him through toys and things in his room. None of it is actually makes sense. It's like you put money in the peanut. Yeah. That's wrong. No. The, you, the, this, this is what the shark does. This is what the, the yeah. toy, you know, they're all, That's it's like, right. yes, this is what toys do. Toy versions of the real things. Right. But that, that, that gap in communication, which is, and, and ET's, and he's drinking it all in, he's drinking it all in. And that moment, which is such a beautiful moment where they're telling Gertie and they're like, Oh my God, we're going to torture the doll. Yeah. Like they take the doll and they're torturing it. And you just see ET watching from in the closet mm. watching and you hear the, her crying and saying, no, no, no. And they're la- laughing or, t- or, you know, teasing her. And, how E.T. is learning about the way humans interact mm-hmm. the way humans uh, uh, influence one another. Mm-hmm. And, and, and the ca- that it, it wrapped up in that moment is, is callousness and cruelty and all these things that on a, on a scale that we're only, we're only recognizing it as such really because we're seeing it through E.T.'s eyes as opposed to just, oh, this is how older brothers, uh, you know, torture their little sisters. And you're, you know, you're just experiencing it in a different way. And of course, yes, E.T. is an allegory for an imaginary friend. It's also, you know, I, I've read this many times. Oh, it's the greatest boy and his dog story ever. But it, but it really truly, I mean, E.T. is this, innocent, from our perspective, an innocent 
animal, a creature. He can't communicate with us the way, you know, like a pet, like mm. a pet that you love. like, how mm. can, what do you need? What do you want? What, how can we help you? What do you desire? And, and that, and that, that loyalty and that bond between a child and their pet or any person and their, and their pet, like the, there's something so, there's just so much it's that's mystical. so. It's a magical connection. In yes. A way between, yes. Between be different species. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's so, so beautiful. And I, I and there's so many things I noticed on this rewatch, you know, nothing is arbitrary. The design of E.T. is so brilliant, too, because because he is a botanist, because of his (laughs) job, because of his species, (laughs) what they do, because it's like, okay, they're low to the ground. They have these long fingers. You see what they do. They the fingers are the way they are so they can get in and preserve the roots of the plants that they're pulling out and studying. And it's also why they have the giraffe next. So if I have to like get up towards something, you know, a little higher, because most of the time I need to be low to the ground, but I also need to, you know, sometimes be able to see, you know, what's above. And I, I just thought brilliant. it was a brilliant I never thought of that. When the head goes design. up though, he looks more dignified. That's what drives yes. me crazy. Well, He's just it, this right? waddly that- little, you know, weird little waddly cutesy little thing. And then when the head goes up, he, he's... Yes, yes. It's like he's aged into a, w- a wise but old man. But it's like Absolutely. it's curdled too. He's not as scared yeah, now. Yeah. He realizes, okay, right. this isn't a threat and these are friends. Yes, because that, yeah, that neck would be so exposed yeah. and vulnerable. so vulnerable. Carlo Rambaldi so, did a, a, that was another thing. I remember like as a kid being sort of obsessed with Carlo Rambaldi's design. Yeah, it's just it. incredible. I mean, it's, it's wonderful. And it doesn't look dated, you know? It's not like when you no. watch, you know, and there's there's so many uh, Empire Strikes Back references in this, but it's, it's not like... As much as I love Empire, you and as much as I love the original Yoda puppet so much more than the CGI, mm-hmm. it's still you go back and watch it now, and it's still you can tell you like oh, that's a puppet. It's 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 great. It works oh, for yeah. what it is, but it, it is aged a little bit. Uh, not from eight hundred to nine hundred years in the span of you know three <laughs> years like Yoda, but this. I was sort of expecting some of the effects oh, no, it's to, to not hold up, but it still looks great. Even just like he always looks sort of wet and slimy and the, the texture. Mm. It's, the, it's, yes, it's, the, the tech, you know, and in the in the in 2002, when they did their special edition, which, you know, Spielberg is now kind of disavowed, like you said, with like getting rid of the guns and that, they digitized him in some ways that it just looks so it's just bad. It's like, you no, don't the, need the, it. The, 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 the mechanism, because it is so stellar, because you're right. Yoda, you see, it's it's a beautiful puppet, but it, you see puppet when you see yeah. Yoda to some degree. And that's the gremlins. Good. That's they're They're all yeah. puppety. You know, they're great. You know, little thing. But but E.T. is such uh, and had to be such a, 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 a realistic looking, uh, physical presence that it's, yeah. it's, it's, un, it's unmatched. I can't think of another practical effect, another creature design that, that comes anywhere. Mac and me. Or close to this. I was going to yeah, say right? Mac and me. There, there you you my mind. I was going to say Mac and me. I, I, I think another thing that's brilliant and, 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 and speaking and about me. like the way, the way, <laughs> Elliot tries to teach E.T., you know, with like what we know of our world and the, that 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 the, the the disconnect or the um, 
what you would expect would be an insurmountable disconnect, you know, in terms of the uh, getting lost in translation. You know, the beginning of the movie for a long stretch, it's all, you know, there's lots of, there's a great sound track, lots of yeah. the, the, the keys jangling, all the, all the sound effects and everything, but there's no spoken anything. There's no dialogue of any sort until we get to their house when they're playing right. Dungeons and Dragons and ordering the pizza. And it's such a, uh, and calling up to, a, to a, request a song on the radio, which I loved. How cool is yeah. that? I never yeah. got that. I was yeah. like, oh yeah, that's right. That's what we used to do. <laughs> But everything about that scene, that first impulse, even as a human being living in 1982, there's something, there's something jarring. It's a cacophony. Your ear first hears like a cacophony of things that don't, they only make sense because we have context calling a radio station for a song, the rules of Dungeons and Dragons, you know, the toppings of a pizza. It's, there's something foreign even in that. There's something that to just for, for that to be the first the first words that hit your ear, it's like, it's like the way we talk about Shakespeare. Like we have to attune That's to right. what's being said. There's an element of that, even in this, even as people who live that life and in that, because we've spent like the first 15 minutes in relative silence or, or wordlessness. I, I just think there's something very, I don't think that's a mistake. I no, think that's it's a like great no, juxtaposition no, no. and yeah. nobody's better at kitchen table cacophony than Spielberg. Than Steven Spielberg. <laughs> yeah, it gets yeah. great. Fucking Poltergeist. Um, close Encounters. Um, close Encounters, this. So you got an arrow right in your chest and you're out 10 million. Oh no. Don't worry about it, Mike. I got resurrection. I'll bring you back. I'm already one of the undead, Greg. I can still throw death spells, huh, Steve? I'm just trying to help yeah. you out, man. Don't be so cranky. How about throwing a spell over the pizza man? Where's that pizza man? Good, huh? Well, I'm ready to now to play. I'm ready to play now, you guys. We're in the middle, Elliot. Can't you join any universe in the middle? I got him. I got him. Mm. Yeah, what am I talking about? Pop a mouth. Pop a mouth. Okay, tell me a yeah. Mike? I know it's not for us, it's for his mother. Mike? Papa Uma You have mouth. to ask Steve, he's game master. Papa he has Uma absolute mouth. power. Steve! Thanks Steve, a lot. can I uh, play bye. now? Go away for the pizza first. Then I'm in. Yeah, you're in. Figure out your strategy because you're playing after Greg. And plenty of sausage and pepperonis. Everything but the little fishies. Th- there's so many. There was, there's several things that I noticed that really struck me for the very first time watching this. I, I, it's been a while since I saw the movie, but I hadn't seen it from the beginning, from the very tippy top in a while. And I forgot how sort of creepy the opening is. It is uh, very, yeah. And it dawned on me. It wants you to not be sure if, yeah. if E.T. is going to be scary or, and, or, scary. or and, an yeah. enemy or and something. And we talked about yeah, this right. in the Close Encounters episode that, you know, this was sort of, he he got this idea, you know, when he was filming Close Encounters and w- what if one of them stayed and that idea there. Mm. And I noticed, so the, the opening really reminded me of the opening of Close Encounters, which is really freaky and you don't know what's yeah. going on. And even the, some of the shots were the same, even like the swing sets, you know, when E.T. runs away and you see the swings running and there's, it reminded me of the shot of Dreyfus running and grabbing onto the swing set and going, you know, what's happening? Or when he's screaming. And, mm. uh, but I wondered because John Williams' score is, I mean, it's, he's, he's the best. There's no one better. And this is, you know, one of his top ones, but those opening notes almost sounded like an inverted Close Encounters theme. The do-do-do-do-do. There was something cool. different. And I, but I remember yeah. after watching it, I wanted to go, I want to go, 
I want to go sit at the piano and play the notes of Close Encounters mm. and play that and see if it's almost like <laughs> an anagram of it. If there's something mm-hmm. cool. like a callback to we've been I'll here bet before. You, it is. you know, I'll we've bet been you here before. Is. What's up there? There's something up there. It's here. This is how we left off last time. You know, and even like the big organ sound, like when you do finally see the the spaceship for the first time, it's this very eerie organ music playing almost that comes in, which is reminiscent in my head to the organ that the guy's playing at Close Encounters. So there's something about Mm -hmm. like, here's where we left off. Here's the next, but let's see where it goes from there. It's still stunning to me that they have never made a sequel to this. And thank God, you know, thank it God. makes, it's incredible. It makes no sense in the context of the Hollywood that mm-hmm. we live in. It makes it, it's baffling that no one has tried to do it. And thank God, but they made that terrible Super Bowl commercial last year. That was the worst thing I've ever seen. They've done, the a, few things. They've done a few things. It was depressing. Yeah. I was like, they did a Christmas commercial. No. Was that the one you're talking about? They it, did one for Christmas the holidays. They, yeah, it was a holiday one. Then yeah, I think maybe it, it was reared, the Thanksgiving reared, reared Day Parade. During the, yeah. That's yeah, what it was. Yeah. And then it reared its head during the Super Bowl again. Or maybe, yeah, maybe it was a holiday one. But I, it was all CGI, ET. And I was like, I hate I hate the world. I hate, but it. I hate the you way all. It's, the way depressing. it's left, you know, it, it. what struck me this time, it's really tragic how it ends. And and I never- yeah, it, it, it's beautiful. Well, I don't think so. Why? Because he's left alone again. He's found the whole thing. He's a guy. He but does, he, he'll be right here. He point, I, he'll, he'll yes, be I, with him always. Who's left alone? Who's Elliot. left alone? Elliot. He's found yeah. some. He's the, the whole thing is his. It's beautiful. Yeah. Because he's, he's got the memory. But watching it this time made me really sad. He doesn't have his father. His father's left. He wants that figure. And yes, he'll have a closer relationship with his siblings now and his mom, but his friend has left him. And it and it, and it just mm-hmm. watching it now, it, it was really tragic to me that he found this 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 not a doppelganger first, but but he found this person that he loved so much that was able to fulfill, you know, bring so much wish fulfillment into his life. And he's leaving too. Now, again, it, that, watch that's when I thought. That's incredible that they didn't make a sequel because the obvious thing would be like, Come, he, he comes, comes back. back. Right. Yeah. But I'm so glad yeah. they didn't. Elliot it just, goes there. And they did treatments for that. They did all sorts of stuff. They wrote scripts and it was listen, like in planning. If you've ever okay. took the E.T., the extraterrestrial ride at Universal Studios, you get to go to E.T.'s planet. You get to go to his home planet. You ride the bike and you go to the home planet and you, and it's, and you see all the other E.T.'s. And that's the sequel. But I think it's smart that Spielberg, I don't think it's so crazy to say this is tragic. This is a bad thing. Because I think that's what Spielberg wants too. Because in the end, he still did not have a father. He was still a boy who wanted so desperately. And I think it's beautiful because John Williams' score is, 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 you know, is swelling. And there's something beautiful about that, that he did have something in his life. But there's also, I think Spielberg, as magical as he is, he's still a realist in the sense that you're still going to lose that. You're going to get it. It's going to be beautiful, but he's still got to go away. And that's what happens in life. And things go away. And he's going to wait, but it's also an allegory for Christ. This is, this has been made a lot of, a lot of times is that, that this is like, okay, and we're going to wait, you know, for, for people who are Christians and who believe in, believe in that or believe in a deity who was once here 
then went away and may or may not come back, but is always sort of with us in our hearts. If you believe in that, yeah. then this is then then it's the same kind of thing. The the joy of him having once be here affects you throughout your your life, and then maybe maybe someday you'll be together again. But but to but me, I, I I feel that Fred, I I, I do. I under I feel I feel what you're saying in it in a big way. I never really thought about it in that way, but it it is it is bittersweet, I guess. At the end, yeah, bittersweet. Here, here's the thing: he can it can only. I mean, what's brilliant about it is, is uh, everything's brilliant about it. Oh, it God, can yeah. only end that way Absolutely. because of their symbiotic relationship. E.T. First of all, E.T. wants to be home. E.T. Yeah. wants to be where he belongs, but also he can't survive there and neither of them can survive there if yeah, they're yeah. together. It's and true. it is really I, I, the Christ allegory is strong. And the absent father allegory is strong, but yeah. it's also, it's a movie that, I mean, this is the first time, you know, for, for, for kids, generations before us, it was Bambi's mother dying or whatever. But I oh, mean, th- this is, this is the first movie I cried in and I, oh, I God. saw a heaving sobs, same, same. wept, wept, wept as a child and have cried probably every time I've seen it. This every last time. viewing was the most emotional I've ever Aww. that I can remember ever being, and at multiple points through the movie, it, it's a movie that is it's it's also a movie that's teaching children about grief yeah. and about 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 that Good natural point. part of life, whether it be uh, uh, you know like a, 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 a you know hopefully much later in your life a parent or a, a grandparent, but also. The the ephemeral nature of I you know you compare E.T. to a, a a pet or like these but you know animals live shorter lives than us. You're going to start you know you're going to be there at the beginning of this creature's life maybe if you get the a pet is a you know when they're a a puppy or a kitten or whatever a baby and and you'll probably be there for the end of it and that is it's just it's uh I think it's very important now of course like you say the E.T. does live in the end. It's not about le- learning to let go in that respect, but because he does go home, it is like it's both the happy ending and the the bittersweet and the, and the, the sad ending. It's yeah. still about loss yeah. and grieving and coming to terms with that and how you go on. And I love uh, how E.T., the, the other thing, another thing that popped that I never really noticed before, maybe this is so obvious, when when they're on the tables, you know, and he's... And E.T. is dying, basically. Yeah. And he oh, says, God, stay. I was a wreck and he a keeps kid. saying, stay. And it's like, yeah. I'm like, oh, he's, he's letting Elliot go. He's sacrificing himself and he's saying, sacrificing no, himself. you yeah. stay. Right. So Elliot will live. That's yeah, right. you stay you and stay. live. You have to stay. I have to die life. because otherwise I'm sapping you. You know, I can't. The, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's beautiful. The sacrifice now, is beautiful. Again, uh, my favorite, <sighs> the moment that's like explosion. I mentioned this earlier. It's. The, the, the two greatest moments in the movie, to, the, no, there's, there's so many, but like the ones that you just like the stand up and cheer, I think, is when the introduction of Gertie and E.T. is iconic. Drew, so little, little Drew Barrymore screaming in E.T.'s face is... <laughs> it, there's, it's, it's incredible. It's iconic. It's, it's iconic. comedy because it's she's a comedy of it is She's rich. a great comic sidekick. Yeah. She truly is because she's... She's not dumb. She's just a little, little She's kid. A little it's, kid. The, it's the best little kid performance of any movie ever. Yeah. It's I think Henry Thomas is the yeah. best kid performance of yeah. any movie ever. But then the Her other line, I taught him to talk now. He can talk he can now. Talk. <laughs> it's fucking amazing. Great. Elliot. Elliot. 
Elliot. I taught him Elliot. how to talk now. He can Elliot. talk now. Elliot. Look what he brought Elliot. up here all by Elliot. himself. Elliot. What's he need this Elliot. stuff for? Elliot. E.T., can you say that? Can you say E.T.? E.T. 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 Be good. Be good. I taught him that, too. You should give him his dignity. This is the most ridiculous thing I've ever seen. Phone. Phone? He said phone? He said phone? Can't you understand English? He said phone. Home? You're right. That's E.T.'s home. E.T. Home phone. Gertie gives him the flowers. Right? Mm -hmm. They're yeah. obviously dying. Then he makes them come alive. Yeah. There's never really a moment... That isn't touched upon because the next time you see the flowers are when they're wilting and yeah. Mike is seeing them and going, no, no. And then obviously when Henry Thomas sees the flowers come alive. Yeah. But there's never really a moment where the kids acknowledge that, oh, he's able to bring life to these flowers. I, no, I, I don't think it's, it never seemed like a hole to me because it's like they're, they're with him. There's lots of moments. I always wanted that as moments a kid. that you don't see. Uh, I wanted them just yeah, sort of never, seeing it going, Oh, it doesn't need to just like, Oh, he can do that. Just like they see him levitate things. You know, it, yeah, I just remember I as a never, kid going, yeah, how does, how does Mike know that because the flowers are dying, ET is dying. Mm. It was just mm. a little thing like that. And then when does the, when does that psychic connection? Very when does early. That, this when is does, what I wanted to say, which is what's brilliant is, and I always thought it was a weird editing thing. Is it there the umbrella? There are multiple moments. There are multiple moments where Elliot like goes, ah, and then a thing happens. Yeah. Elliot's experiencing yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. E.T.'s reaction to something before it happens or right. before the moment happens. It happens a couple of times. It happens with the umbrella. That was it when I noticed it this time. With, when the balls drop, when uh, with the planets. Yes. Yeah. Elliot okay. makes screams or makes a noise right. and then the balls drop. So that's gotta but be it's, intentional. And then. it's not okay. that the balls are dropping because Elliot screamed. It's Elliot's reacting to a thing that hasn't happened yet because he's it's uh, that's interesting. And it's really interesting. But I rewound I think that umbrella moment several times. I'm going, wait a minute. Is he, is he yeah, screaming because he there. knows it's about to come or is it the sound <laughs> that the umbrella makes? I'm going, but no, he wouldn't be able to hear an umbrella opening. It was, no, it's and I, I kept rewinding it yeah, going, right. that's gotta cool. be intentional, right? It's, it's gotta yeah. be, that's when it's starting. Hmm. Okay. And it's just showing, yeah, it's like just little thing that you're like, huh, like somehow you knew that was going to happen. Somehow you felt that you felt, and it, uh, that, that's what I think uh, it is. And I think it's really, it's really fascinating. Oh, something, you know, the bikes, the, the, the icon, it obviously that first, the bikes going across the, the bike going across the moon, oh gosh, beautiful, so beautiful image, but my God, I forgot it was coming in ET. I forgot that moment was coming. The most famous image, and right. I forgot it was going to happen. The first and I was time like, they my fly? God, what makes it? The very first Me time. Me too, I forgot fly. too. I forgot. <laughs> and, yeah. and the most incredible so thing about it is it's such brilliant filmmaking because mm. they're rocketing along and it's like, oh my God, we're going to go over that cliff. We're going to go over that cliff. 
it's just it's just master craftsmanship because the thing that makes it so uplifting is that it dips it before it goes. Yeah. It starts to go down and then it lifts and that's the thing that does it to you. It just viscerally so does it to you. And it's so good. You're like, oh my God. And then it, and it, and, it, and, it, and this time it made me cry. It was like so perfect. It was so oh, great. And then at the end, I'm like, why does that moment work so well? And why do we not somehow in our bones, we don't feel it coming when the bike, like, because it should be the most predictable thing in the world. Yeah. You forget. They're sharing you know the bike and yeah. the bikes and the guns right. are there and they're just going to fly. You should assume they're going to fly, but you don't. And I was like, why don't you, when you've seen it before, why? And I thought, I, I don't know why, but I think it's the magic of all the bikes going. That's the thing because- yes. Even if you are thinking E.T. can do that, you don't think he can do it for like six kids simultaneously. I think that's the thing that gets us. Uh, you know what I mean? I'm trying to think like, what is it that causes the tingle in us? Like what? I mean, yes, it's just well crafted. It's well filmed. It's well shot. The music, the editing, all of that. I also think it's that it's again, it's like it's the thing we saw, but it's the thing we saw magnified. You know, and then you have a whole a fleet of children bicycling well, across the also, sun in that gorgeous shot. It just works so shot. brilliantly. Yeah. And I do think it's it's it has something to do with like not. Yeah, not expecting that he could make them all fly, that they could all fly. It's Peter Pan. It literally is Peter Pan. That's what it is. You have to believe, right? It's all about believing. Well, Can that's you believe? what it is. Do you I, believe. I think it's all about all those kids being together. You have a group of kids that did not, they were making fun of him about it before. Yeah. yeah all they're those the, people. They're the brothers' friends. You got to remember. Yeah. They're not, they were, they're not Elliot's friends. They're all these people yeah, who right. were pulled into it. Even Michael, you know, in the beginning, like no one believed He's a it. Douche. And now yeah. they're all together. But also, yeah. so I think also maybe one of the reasons why you forget it. You know, which makes me think of, I think you were saying that when we were talking about the Dark Knight Rises about, yeah, it was that, that like, yeah, you're right. the magician yeah. were you like, they, they set up the ending in the beginning and then you forget. The idea that when you're at Elliot's age, which is sort of the perfect age for possibly not believing in Santa anymore, possibly not yeah. believing in the wonderful anymore, you know, the, the, <laughs> the not, possibly losing your sense of wonder. The older brother has lost it. Gertie's fully in it. To her, we're going to rip yeah. your head off your doll. That's real because it's a real doll, you know. Yeah, she accepts that E.T. is there. You know, so you have this sort of triumvirate of belief belief of belief systems and and Elliot's right in the middle he's right on the cusp and then you have all the adults who no longer believe but perhaps they once did and that and you know the 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 way in which that the the I think it I think what you're saying Jay is the reason it plays on us so brilliantly is because I mean I, I I wish I could go back and experience my emotions at the time when those bikes took off but now I think it plays on us because because we are adults and because our belief systems have changed and because it is harder for us to have the childlike sense of wonder and and um, almost um, uh, faith in if you believe in some, because if you believe in something wonderful, whether it's Peter Pan, Santa Claus, Tinkerbell, whatever, E.T., mm. you there is a point where you lose that in your life. You know, there is sure. a point where, where that dissipates or erodes and and. Getting back, getting back to that, I think, is what Spielberg is sort of, in a way, advocating for. He's he's sort of saying, remember 
these feelings. It's hmm. so funny. Um, on this, I realized this this time on this rewatch. I noticed it on the sides of the, all of the government vehicles. It just says United States government. It doesn't say CIA. <laughs> it doesn't say FBI. Uh-huh. It doesn't say a a a department. It doesn't say the Pentagon. It says United <laughs> States government. That's a kid perspective. Again, oh, that yeah. is something that That's a kid funny. would be afraid. Of. You know. You know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like yeah, it's yeah. constantly. It's not dumbing it down. It's saying, what would a kid see? What would a kid remember? What would a kid well, acknowledge? Well, the best line, I think the best line in the entire screenplay, that, <laughs> that also goes back to what say. you were saying about, you know, this is, it's as a, it's like, it's like a kid directed it, is when he goes, I don't know, streets, mom always drives me. I'm like, that's, that's it. That's fucking brilliant. He doesn't know. Absolutely. He, they're, they're literally yeah. taken places by adults. They just show up. It's, yeah. the, yeah. it's their world is the playground here. Yeah, I don't it. know how to get there because the adults, cause mom brings me for some reason that line just popped down. I said, that's, that's brilliant. That sums it up all right there. You know, they're living in their world. It's also brilliant that that's their like headquarters when they bring the ambulance and eat. It's like, it's the playground yeah. where they all meet and they form. That's their base of operations. Absolutely. And, then, and, and then the other fantastic line this is what I thought you were going to say. Is when he says, uh, can't they just beam him up? Or oh, that, this is reality, <laughs> Greg. Yes. That's the, that, that is such, uh, such a tremendous laugh in the Henry movie. Henry Thomas, it's that great. line too. And then when he's giving the eulogy over E.T., mm-hmm. he's so... He's such a wonderful kid and look, you know, has, you know, all the scenes of him just like that. You know, I don't, I don't know. Streets mom drives me, but there's such a maturity. Like that line in particular, he's like, okay, this is the deal. He's a man from outer space. We're getting him back, you know, and then the eulogy, it's so, it's so smart and emotional. And you never feel like, you never feel like he's just saying the lines. Like someone wrote grown up lines, you know, some of the stuff he says Maybe, maybe they're not what a, a little kid that age would say. I don't know. But he's growing but up man, before our eyes. It's his yeah, first law. He sells it. You never buy that. Yeah. yeah, those those are the exact words that would come out of that kid's mouth. Totally. Because Henry Thomas does such a great. It's such a great marriage mm-hmm. between the actors and what was on the script, and and apparently, like I I forgot when Melissa Matheson's name came up. I'm like, oh oh. Oh, that's right. Melissa Matheson wrote this. I've, for, for some reason in my head, it was Spielberg wrote it, even though I knew right, I've always known right, right, right. the name Melissa Matheson. And from what I read, you know, she wrote the script and sent it to Spielberg. And he's like, it's perfect. Don't touch it. It's perfect. And mm. I think they did some like tweaks here and there. But, sure. you know, I don't know how much uh, input he got in there. I know. I think there was there was a, a, a lot of improvisation. Uh, yeah, sure. And they, they kept a lot of like the messiness, like Mike knocking down the shelves. That's great. When he first sees ET, apparently that just happened. And <laughs> yeah, you know, and sure. I and I love the idea. You mentioned this earlier, Jason. I, I it's so brilliant shooting it chronologically that way. For so you can. So it's when great. the kids, so the at the kids. end, the kids are actually saying goodbye. Yeah. You yeah. know, like amazing. That's yeah. just they're, what a brilliant uh, move on Spielberg's part to do that. It's so you know? smart. And it, it makes, yeah, it must make the production so much more difficult and challenging, but it's the way to do it. It's just, uh, yeah, it's so, so, so smart. But then I read that they finished shooting like four or five days earlier. You know, like it wasn't something that went over, it didn't go over budget. It didn't mm-hmm. go over time. Mm-hmm. So the, the best, the I mean, Spielberg, I don't know what his track record is, but like, that's like Christopher Nolan is famous for that too. He's always on, uh, he's always early. 
He's always, he's always under budget and he's always early. And right. that, and you would think that somebody like that, like a Christopher Nolan or a Steven Spielberg over. would be right. constantly like, well, they're geniuses and look at what they did and, and right. look at how good it looks. It must've cost more than you could have ever budgeted for. It must've taken longer. No, the, the real fucking geniuses, they know, they know how to do it, I guess. Now, I don't know if Spielberg, if that's, if it that's his track creativity. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No, I Great, think the, one um, oh, comedic moments in the movie. I remember the biggest yes. laugh to the, to this day. I remember being eight years old and everyone going crazy with laughter in the theater when he sees Yoda and goes, yes. Oh yeah. Home. That yeah. was it got oh my a God. huge laugh in the theater. What a great, co- perfect comedic moment. Because but it made he, me cry. Of too. course. Yeah. He, th- he thinks he's going home. He thinks he's, that's his it's, kindred. Um, and oh then, um, you know, the Gertie meeting ET for the first time, huge laugh. D Wallace opening the, 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 um, the closet ET's in there. We see him. She does not great big laugh, but then also, um, uh, the um uh the 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 moment where he's drunk and he's uh oh and henry Amazing. thomas with, with little erica alaniac in the in the in the in the in that scene uh there's the blonde girl the little blonde girl she went on to have a career um but right. uh the um way that henry thomas is playing the drunk <laughs> As ET's mm. fallen over and 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 fallen all over the place, and he stands on the other kid to kiss her and freeze all the frogs. The um, way the, the way the puppet's face looks when it's drunk, ET's face Terrific. looks drunk. His yeah. lips are doing funny things. Yeah. His eyebrows, his, his fingers right. are. Kind, it's it very perfect. funny. It's yeah. amazing. The puppet looks drunk. It's yeah. so good. I just read that there was a scene where Harrison Ford plays the principal. And Elliot oh, is brought into yeah. the principal's office. You never oh. see his face, but it's obviously because you don't see any of the adults' face. But it was Harrison Ford came in and filmed the scene oh, with him on. as a principal. Yeah. Oh my gosh. He was M- Melissa Matheson's husband at the time too. So yes, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, so there there's that. You have it. You say you don't know why you did these things. But I'm sorry. I'll never do them again. I see you find young people from good homes, every advantage, your whole life laid out in front of you and i see the pot the pills the angel wings one incredible one of the you talk about like would a, would a child say it this way or when uh when elliot is with et and 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 it's, it's basically at the, oh, the the casket, ET's open casket there, right mm-hmm. in the hospital, and says, yes. "You must you must be dead because I don't know how to feel." Oh yeah. my god! And of course, and it means so many different things. And I, I, when I was a kid, I used to think it meant, "Well, I feel all your feelings, and now you're gone, so I don't know what to feel because I've been feeling through you for so long," which is beautiful and yes. incredible. But this this time watching, I just took it right at face yeah. value. Like what do when I a do? person, you know, my you know, my, I I saw this movie with my grandmother and my sister in '82, and my grandmother. I was very very blessed. Had my grandmother until she passed away this year, just shy of 107 years old. Jeez. And uh, and that's that was the feeling that night. Like 
I don't know how to feel. You know, you're you're anticipating something, you're worried about something, you know it's coming, or you don't know it's coming, or you you know you deal with the grip. But in that that first moment, you don't know you don't know how to feel. The emotions you think will come aren't there. You feel empty. You just feel empty, and that's that's uh, when that person's or that being's life force is gone there is a moment where you think you should feel something and you don't you for a second you don't know what to feel because the connection has been that it's been severed in that moment in that immediate moment and it was just so it was so beautiful the 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 screenwriting is beautiful henry thomas is beautiful it's just such a such a pure and you know what strikes me is the ET also on top of it is a healer, a literal healer. He yeah. heals the flowers. Yeah. He heals yeah. Mike's wound. And, <laughs> and it's like, yeah. I, how do what? I don't know what to feel because my heart it was connected to your heart and it's broken now. And it's like, who's going to heal this? Oh my God. Yeah. I'm, I'm tearing up. <laughs> it's so, it's so I don't mean to be nitpicky. Oh. I just, I just realized you said ET something else. Maybe I was just like a, a hard to please kid. But I, the other thing that I, again, didn't take away from it, but he just suddenly starts calling him E.T. And there's now the brothers sort of douchey friends, the dungeon master with the glasses, like, mm. oh, is it an extraterrestrial? But even as a kid, I wanted, I was like, wait, he, he's just calling him E.T. now? Where does that come from? We know what E.T. you know means because we're seeing the movie called E.T., but that was something that I always wanted as well. Just like a little slightly more connective tissue. Again, huh. uh, maybe I'm just a pain in the ass. I was a pain in the ass kid. I'm a pain in the ass adult. And I'm like, Fred, just go with the magic. But that yeah, was another thing I, I, thinking. That's interesting. I know. Where does it come from? How does he get the name E.T.? There's never a thing where, where you know, Henry Thomas, Elliot never says extraterrestrial. Um, or he never says he's an extraterrestrial. He's an E.T. or something, you know. Mm. Uh, I don't know. There's, it just sort of happens. The, the, the thing that I noticed this Time, which of course is so obvious, but that Elliot begins with E and ends with T, and I never really thought about that ever. <laughs> I never <laughs> thought of it once. That's yeah. cool. I mean, it's so it's so simple, but I never noticed that before. Three um, quick things. Memory yes. lane number one. I've mentioned uh-huh. it on the podcast before. Et cereal, still my favorite mm-hmm. of all time. Can't get it anymore. Come on, people. Oh. Of course, you can't. You can get it. You shouldn't eat it. I'm sure it's on eBay. (laughs) Please don't ingest it. It was little E's and little T's, and Uh it tasted like chocolate and peanut butter appropriately. Number two, the ET board game. Anybody have it? I had that. Yeah, so fun. Came with the came with the spaceship, and you would get around, and you could put ET up in there and take take off. Yeah. Um, and then um. Of course, uh, you know, Reese's Pieces themselves just skyrocketed and took yeah. off. And, and the Atari game. We've talked about that. Oh, and of course, the, the, the Atari game. The terrible Atari game, yeah. which was yeah. so frustrating and that wound up in a landfill. Yeah. yeah. It's so yeah. funny. There's a whole, uh, We talked about that. There's a whole documentary, documentary about, about which is great. Uh, New Mexico. There's just a yeah. landfill filled with it. And I, I remember I remember the advertisements for it. I remember it. Lo- it looked oh, the yeah. packaging and the ad campaign. It looked like it was going to be so fucking good. And then, of course. Well, and it's Da Vinci, right? It's the two fingers, right? It's that's Scott, the poster. It's not on the. Uh, yeah, that's the, the movie poster. Not not the. Um, the Atari packaging was a different painting of 
ETN oh, Elliot. Oh, the Atari like package. Yeah, yes. that, yeah they're just looking. They're both looking off in the distance, right? Uh, yeah, 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 yeah. And I just remember, oh, that's that was like the hottest thing you could get yeah. for Christmas yeah. that year. Or and, it was, and you're like, what the like, fuck? Why did ET just fall into a hole for the ninety seventh time? Yeah, yeah. Well, doesn't he just? Does he ever not carry the flower too? It's like, isn't it? He's just he's like walking around the flower. The I don't the know. He's got to bring the flower back to life. Turn this off and let's play the journey game. Let's play a journey escape. That's the cool game. How many shielders? It's a ten. It's a ten all the way. If there, if it could be a twelve or a twelve point five or it's thirteen point seven or a sixteen point nine. I wrote eleven shielders. I wrote and yeah, it's eleven. It kind of goes beyond beyond. This is the best movie we've watched on the podcast. I was like, I was like, maybe I have to reassess. I never think about ET being in like my top ten favorite movies or so I never think about that but then I'm yeah. watching I was like how can it not what movie is right. better than it I'm yeah, like I, I don't that, so, I'm with you I am with you, know, you and then you have your favorites for different reasons like, sure. like what you were saying about Goodfellas and like I a caddy uh, like yes yeah yeah Goodfellas for you I've got the, the Dark Knight Boogie Nights for me you know there's things but they but it's like but come on like this movie is just yeah it's Pure is the word that keeps coming to my mind. Just pure, pure, pure. It's pure. not as good as IP, Indecent Proposal, or <laughs> as good as LP, Leprechaun. Wait, LC? I can't. That, that was a little, that was a little tortured, but the, the, <laughs> LP, Leprechaun. 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 MM, Mad Money. Oh, now you're talking. MF, Megaforce. <laughs> BDO. <laughs> Baby's day out. <laughs> BDO. Oh my God. BDO. I loved when BDO did taking care of business. Wait a minute. I, is that the. Do I hear the dulcet strains of the time phone? Oh my God. Wait a minute. Are you guys hearing that? I am yeah, now. I hear something. Now that you said it was the time phone, now I know what. I, I, I'm lying. When I say I know what effect to put in, I don't even know what effect to put in anymore. It's been so long since the time phone is rang, and I would have to go back and find an episode that had the time phone and then figure out what ring I used. So it'll probably just be the buzzing cell phone and a silly song. Something from the past. Yeah. Some song from the past. Um, well, I'll pick up. Hello, you're on the opening weekend podcast. Welcome to. Yeah, this is the time. Oh, wonderful. It's been so long. It's been, no, yes, sir. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Not sure why you're calling about this episode, but we'll find out when we speak to <laughs> the great, always calling from some point in the past. We never know quite when from his coffee can, the great Nick Nolte. Hello, Mr. Nolte. How are you? I am. I'm, well, you know, I'm fine. I'm all right. I'm all, you know, I'm a smid head. Oh. You know, I'm a smid head. That's, That's it. Now, I call it, I call it good. I know, I know, you know, Grease 2 just opened <laughs> here in the past. <laughs> and I am excited. Did you enjoy it? Did you enjoy it, Scott, oh, or, yeah, or I tonight? I didn't, under, I didn't understand the goddamn thing that happened, but <laughs> you know, but oh, Adrian, Adrian, I'm telling you, you're gonna be, uh, uh, I think he's gonna make, um, I think he's gonna make, there's a movie called Rambo that I think he's gonna make. Cause oh. I've seen the, the script's been going around, a couple right. pages floated past my coffee can, and I said, <laughs> I gotta look at that, and I said, huh, this look interesting. 
Not for me. Not for me. I'm on a different path. But I said, oh, you know who could really Rambo it up? Zmed. I agree with you. I agree with you. Um, uh, maybe, you know, you could be. Who else was in that movie? You're talking about the first First Blood or the Rambo First Blood Part 2? I just got a page that said Rambo <laughs> and then Lines. And then another, and then said Brian Dennehy. That was a weird thing. It said well, Brian that's what I was going to say. I said you could be up for the Brian Dennehy part. The, um, oh no, I can't. I think they already, I think they wrote this because they wrote the script with Brian. They'll probably give it a character's name, but uh, but right <laughs> now I think they must Dennehy. be thinking that they wrote for Brian Dennehy. Well, well, I've I, never heard of, but uh, it seems like it's an actor's name. That's too good a name to be a character's name. There's got to be the actor they're <laughs> intending to cast. So, yeah, so it's a page, and it just looked very interesting. You know, it, it looks like... Med. Yeah, I, well, that yeah, I right away because it sounds Italian. I, Rambo, he tried to change it from Rambolini, and I thought that was probably Rambolini. And I figured, oh yeah, Zmed could ki- he could kill that. He well, could now, really I, kill that. I figured that why you were calling was because you have your own sort of special. I could you we tell call, me why we I'm could, calling. Could, I'm not even sure. We could call it a a symbiotic a symbiotic relationship with your own special. E.T., because I think he is part Wookiee, is he not? With Lumpy. Do, do you have a special oh. relationship, that kind of like Elliot and E.T.'s relationship with your own, with you your own E.T.? What's interesting is my, my hair and his fur have the symbiotic relationship. Nothing about our brains or our testicles or um, our stomachs and st- or feet. Nothing like that. But the, but oh, there's the Lumpy. Fur. Hello, Lumpy. Yeah. I'll be right. Here. Yeah, you say that. You say that all the time. He, he, yeah, all the time. It makes me so mad. And then I sit on him. I press him down. I press him. I press him into the pavement. Does he? But well, you can't see this because of the alleyway. Time thrown you, ever, you live here now. God damn it. You get used to it. You don't want him to go home. You don't want him to phone home or go well, home. I don't you want, want him, him to with phone you. home. Who's going to braid this beard? <laughs> I can't do it myself. Mr. <laughs> Nolte, I got a question for you while you're, while you're choking the lumpy. Oh, boy. Uh, hey, 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 hey. We're, we're, we're talking. You're, we're, you're calling from 1982 right now. Oh, yeah. Speaking of, speaking of 82, what's your old pal Al Pacino doing around now? Because in, in our time, he's 80, he's around 82, and he's got quite a surprise coming up. He's got his own little lumpy yeah, coming up. That's true. What? <laughs> what the hell are you talking about? Oh, no. What, the, what I'm not yeah, sure. Yeah, you might want to tame your old pal Al. Why? I what's he doing? He, what's it, what's going on? Well, he's going to be a father. Yeah, he's going to be a oh, father. Oh, Mazo Tops! Here in, in 2023, <laughs> he's 82. Well, he's 83, so he's about a, a year away from where you are now. Jesus How about them? Christ. Yeah, right. That is something. That is that is. Well, you know, that's magic. That's love. <laughs> that's, that's the love. way love goes. That's the way love goes. I don't know why that tune came into my head. Ah, I should write that down. Write it down. I should write that down. Wait, is that a song in the future? Oh, it is now. Well, well, well. Now, I mean, this is good. This is like, 
This is like the Flash. We're messing so much with the timeline. I don't know what that is either. I've never heard of the Flash. Why are all these things in my head from other years? I God. Lumpy, Lumpy, point at his head and say, "Ouch!" You can help heal him. You gotta help. You gotta help heal him. President Trump, who is that? Shitballs. Oh, he's, oh. he's having an episode. I'm all right now. I'm all right. I'm all right. healed you by saying ouch and pointing he, at your skull. He don't, nah, he, nah, he don't do nothing. That's all just for appearance's sake. He, <laughs> he likes to point. He's seen that other movie. I'm a grease. We, in our house, which isn't a house, it's just a curb. In our curb, I'm, a, I'm the grease too, man. He the E.T. feller. And right. I'm like, that is not, I don't know why you're wasting your time with that. Because Grease 2 is where it's at. Grease 2 going to sweep the academies. Wow. Grease 2 going to sweep it all. E.T. is just stupid. It's like, it's like, don't you know aliens is bad and they're <laughs> ugly and they're like you, Lumpy. They're wrong. Oh, oh let's bury this raggy roll. See, and they don't make no, they don't make no sense neither. They don't speak clear like me. He said, let's bowl his bowl, let's rock and roll. Puh. He's making fun of the movie you like. How dare you? If I could understand you, you son of a bitch, it would be, you'd be in for a lot of trouble. And where does Roscoe fall? What's his movie of the year? Oh, Roscoe. Well, <laughs> hold on. Let's see. Roscoe. What's your, fav- what's your favorite motion picture so far this year? I'm shaking the coffee can right now to see what he say. Uh-huh. The ashes have spoken. Dead men don't wear plaid. That's his movie of the year so far. It makes a lot of sense. Because he's a dead, a dead man. man. <laughs> he's not wearing any plaid. It seemed about right. Makes a lot of sense. Well, Nick Nolte, thank you. Do wear a Maxwell House can. (laughs) He's not a chock full of nuts guy. I would accept. I would. I would. Well, he was last week, but then I I accidentally started to pee in that one, and then I had to save. So there's about seventy two percent of Roscoe now transferred. With 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 uh, my my long ET like fingers <laughs> into transplanted into a Maxwell House can. Good for so, you. Good for you all that you have some place to live. Um, yeah. Well, <laughs> if you're offering, <laughs> I wish we could bring. Oh gosh, how I wish we could bring you into the your future, our present, with all your wisdom uh, that, that you would, you would be able to impart to your it. future you're, self. You're doing. Bring I was trying to. I was hoping you can maybe talk to. To current uh, Al Pacino or to young Al Pacino and what, try to convince him. What, oh, 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 I, I wasn't sure. I just oh, let me I didn't check. know because to me there's an abomination going on with Al Pacino having a child at 83. Well, hold on I thought a second. maybe you could stop him. I, True. I, okay. Oh, see, that's sometimes I need more. It's like a Christopher Guest movie. You got to give me a little more of an outline. Yeah, give me a little something to work with here. All right, hold on. Let me see. Lumpy, you go. Yeah, you see that? God in well, I was hoping you would talk to old Al Pacino. In the few, I didn't know where you were coming from. I told you I'm coming from 1980 goddamn too. 
who the hell am I supposed to be talking to? Don't be going into that cigar store. See if, yeah, go see if see if young Al Pacino happened to be in that cigar store. Young Al Pacino. That's the only thing I got. That's my only. That's my only play here. Oh, That's my only play here. Let's see. Why did you send your hairy little love muffin to pull me out? I was just, I was sitting Holy having a nice coffee with Diane Cannon. Jesus talking Christ. about script rewrites for author, author. We're about to go into filming for that. Oh, my goodness. Oh, you got a job, huh? Yeah, right. You got a little part for Nick? Yeah, you can't allow Nick you, to wet his beak a little bit? Come on. Exactly. You can be the, exactly. you can be the author, the second author. I'll oh, be the, the first one to be author, Fantastic. author. So I just would repeat what you say right after you. Exactly. So I say, Diane Cannon. Diane she... Cannon, you stupid bitch. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I went, I, I went ahead he of you. He was improvising a little there. He went I off just, script. <laughs> yeah, he you know. All right, well, listen, Al, get, get on here. You got what? Oh, God. Yeah, uh, these <laughs> fellas, these fellas from uh, the future want to talk to you about, oh, God damn it, about, uh, I think you're making a baby. I think you're going to make a baby. I'm not making a baby now. Al Pacino, no. we have news for you from the future, from tw- from 2023. You're there in 1982. You, not only are you very successful and very elderly, but fathering a new child, uh, it, it, you know, many, many years into your future. How do you feel about that? Well, of course I feel I'm virile. And uh, when I was, you know, filming Cruising, I learned a new trick or two. Uh, I'm sure you did. Yeah, but you can't get nobody pregnant that way. <laughs> Sorry, dude. I'm just over here in the penis gallery. Lumpy, your thoughts on Al Pacino's future? Oh, that's good. Al, you need to see Grease too, because then you'll learn all about how reproduction works. Where does the future pollen go? <laughs> yeah, I know where the future pollen goes. It goes in here, in this coffee, in this other coffee can, Saverin. I like to give a coffee can for my dead friends. I give another one for urine, and then I give another one for, uh, you know, the man pollen. But I don't know if I don't know if Al does it the that same. That might be the key right there. If I spill, if I keep my seed in your coffee can oh. and mix it with a little bit of Roscoe ashes, oh my maybe God. it'll keep enough. By the time that I'm 83, I can use that to impregnate a young woman and have a baby and oh, keep my spawn going. That's how it happens. We're, we're ma- it's so funny because the, the future is affecting the past, is affecting the future. It's like Terminator. Wow. This is how it this happens. Is, it really is. That is all right. Well, here you go. I mean, this is like... So can I borrow your... Uh, I, I've got... I kept the sling from Cruise and can oh, I borrow your coffee can and Lumpy? Oh, God. That's take care of it. I should, I should be done in a couple of seconds. Yeah, 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 yeah. Go for it. Lumpy, go do your duty. Oh, All right, thank good. you. Hold on, let me give me, give me lumpy star. All oh, right, I'm done. Oh God. <laughs> wow. wow, that was. And a- this can is full. <laughs> it's chock full of my nuts. Oh, oh Lord! So my save God. those, save those. Oh, Nick Nolte, Young Damn. Albertino, Lumpy, the Ghost and Ashes of Roscoe, and full coffee cans abound. Thank you all very much for calling in. Oh, you're Malcolm. (laughs) Malcolm. 
in the middle. <laughs> good night. Thank you all. Uh, good night. Oh, uh, uh, and they're gone. Wow. That was. Wow. That, that was, was something. That really was magic. It was like the end of E.T. where you have, it was bittersweet. <laughs> you have hope, but you're also a little sad. Yeah, you have hope. You're a little sad. I like that. that yeah, that is some. Ooh, that is some fiendish child that's going. This is, it seems it's very science fictiony. That that, that, that brew that it sounds smell. like Terminator. Somebody called Joe Morton to get a handle on all this. My God, <laughs> we need to. Sounds like to, Lumpy had his handle on this. <laughs> Ouch. Oh. <laughs> Oh. oh my God! Yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe, maybe, uh, maybe present day Al Pacino will weigh in at some point. I um, think it's that's necessary. What, frankly, that's what I was expecting. That's why. What I, would, how would you expect that if somebody if if somebody called from the past? I didn't. Ex- I, when I heard there was a phone call coming, I just assumed it was going to be a present day call. Well, I know. Um, well, we, we, you and but I. But we never know. But you never know just, who's going to call in. That's the know. thing. We that's the thing. You never wait. know who's going to call opening weekend. We have to wait until Dan tells us which phone is ringing, and that's that's the <laughs> and problem. Who's on it? And who's on it? You know. They, so it's like you know we're all waiting with bated breath, but no. you know another phone would have probably had to have rung simultaneously. That's or they what would I thought was going to happen, maybe waiting but, or something. But that's yeah. But that's okay. <laughs> but that's okay. It could still yeah, happen. No, no. It could still sure. it could still happen. You know. I you know. Oh, uh, present day Al is, I think he's quite busy. He's busy with the nursery. <laughs> I can't speak. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for joining us for another episode of opening weekend. Uh, before we go this episode, I have some momentous news to share, uh, as you've no doubt noticed. And for more reasons than I can list at the moment, there have been longer breaks than ever between episodes recently. And that's a function of so many things. But it's also a sign uh, we've come to realize that we are all, to the best of our abilities, returning to something more approaching normal life. Um, when we first came up with the idea for opening weekend, we were just two months into the COVID-19 pandemic and there were real fears that movie going as we knew it was coming to an end. Um that plus the decimation of our industry as theater artists and all the additional time that lockdown afforded us made it possible for us to start this crazy labor of love and see it through to what is now nearly 100 episodes. But uh, the truth is it's gotten harder and harder with all of our different schedules and our locations and responsibilities to stay on any kind of consistent schedule. And so we apologize for that. But uh, as a result, We've made a decision, a very, very difficult, difficult decision to wrap up this iteration of opening weekend after our 100th episode. Uh, and it's a it's a hard thing to arrive at. Uh, it's a hard decision to come to. But, you know, I also feel it's wise to never say never as a general rule. So this may not be goodbye forever. It may just be goodbye for a while or goodbye to the three of us doing this thing in the way that we've all become accustomed to doing it. Um, but I just wanted to say we're so incredibly, incredibly grateful yes. to those of you who have joined us these last few years, because this podcast has not only exercised our creativity and preserved our sanity throughout a very difficult time for all of us, um, but it's also brought us real joy, uh, joy in the creation of it, joy in the reminiscing with friends, 
joy in providing some small measure of entertainment and escape and laughter and nostalgia for you, our listeners. And so while we don't know exactly what the future will hold, we do know that we are going to close this particular book once we've reached the hundredth chapter. And we hope you'll join us for our final three episodes, the first of which will arrive a little later this summer. We're going on a little bit of a hiatus because of schedules, uh, but you're used to that now. So, (laughs) Um, and in trying to program these final three episodes, I, I've decided that as the war criminal Roland Emmerich once said, size does matter. So to that end, I think you can expect our uh, next few episodes to be plus sized, supersized, kind of Swanson's hungry man portions of opening weekend. Oh, I like that. Uh, it's been a very long time since we've reviewed four movies in a single outing. But for our next couple of episodes, that's exactly what we'll be doing. And uh, when I thought of how we might bring this to some sort of conclusion, I thought, well, what's the rationale going to be for the weekends or the films that we choose? Uh, I wanted to keep things fun, but I also didn't want the didn't want the schedule to be wholly arbitrary. And I started thinking about which movie years had been the most fruitful and impactful for us on this podcast. And the three years that it looks like we've explored the most uh, since we started this venture in 2020 have been the years 1982, 1987, and at the top of the heap, 1984. Now, we just revisited 1982 with this episode, so I believe episodes 98 and 99 will both be tributes, uh, not to any particular weekend, but rather to the kind of summers as a whole of 1987 and 1984. So to that end, our next episode, episode 98, will see us revisit four of the biggest movies of summer 1987. Ooh. RoboCop, starring Peter Weller. Predator, starring Arnold Schwarzenegger wow. and Carl Weathers. Wow. The Untouchables, starring Kevin Costner, Sean Connery, and Robert De Niro. And The Witches of Eastwick, starring Cher, Michelle Pfeiffer, Susan Sarandon, and Jack Nicholson. Great. And that will be next time on episode 98 of Opening Weekend. And I know I've mentioned 98 and 99. 100 will be some big, crazy rap party. Uh, Yet to figure out what that's (laughs) going to be. It'll probably involve Star Wars in some capacity. It'll probably involve a top 10 list. It'll probably involve lots of phone calls and guests stopping by. (laughs) I'm sure Gene Shalit will have something to say about something somewhere at some time. Um, uh, And of course, we'll all be saying nice things about uh, each other and about you, our audience and, uh, and about what this podcast has meant to us. But um, yeah, so if you guys want to speak to that right now, that's great. Otherwise we can, you know, we can, we can, uh, we'll, we'll be talking more about, what it is to come to the end of all this, at least for the time being, uh, in our next three episodes. But, uh, but barring anything you guys want to say, we will move on to whatever Dan has prepared for us this week. I can't imagine what it might be. I, uh, do you have anything you want to say, Fred? No, Jason said it all. He really we'll did. Talk. That was lovely, you know, Jason. We'll, we'll that, was that, was, that was beautiful. That was um, beautiful. And now was, we can say it again and again over the next three. And now that the cat's out of the bag, it will be a, you know, that's right. Will obviously inform uh, what yeah. comes next uh, for the next three. But uh, yeah, uh, love you guys, uh, both you guys that I'm currently squad casting with and all you guys listening. <laughs> and uh, yeah, 
Danny. Same. Love you what both. Will your, what will you. your hands do for us? Today? I was thinking about a little turn on your heart light. Oh, boy. And then into reproduction. <laughs> Which you have to turn on your heart light in order to have reproduction. That's the advice we should have given yes. Al, young Al Pacino. Who's heart light almost out? No, I'm kidding. It's he's too, he's oh, alive no. and kicking. He's fine. Oh, oh wait, the, the regular phone's ringing. No, 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 I'm just kidding. <laughs> no, it can ring. It can ring next time. It can it, ring next time. We'll just time. leave it ringing until next episode. It'll be great. All right. Wait, I have, there's a voicemail. <laughs> call me back. Okay, next time we'll, we'll call him back. That's great. We will call him first, back. The first opening weekend voice. I assume that was Al Pacino. It sounded like him. Wait, let me play it again. Call me back. It was yeah, either. That sounded it like sounds him. like Al. It sounds like Al. Either Al Pacino or Brewster DeVice, one of the two. <laughs> <laughs> or the woman who voiced ET. I don't know. Uh, I'm going to go with Al Pacino. I'll call them both just to make sure. All right, here we go. Oh, good Glavin. the sound of Al Pacino fathering his latest child. <laughs> Al Pacino involved in the act of reproduction. Sounds exactly like that. That was the third voicemail, actually. He left the third one. <laughs> That's right. Now what do you have for us, Dan? <laughs> exactly. Just this. Your very own EP. Effervescent Palms? Oh, I like oh, it. Oh, oh my. I like I'm it. I'm clutching my pearls as, <laughs> as we speak. No, that's just Dr. Valjean. Oh, God. <laughs> the opening weekend podcast is produced by Jason O'Connell, Fred Berman, and Dan Matisa, with editing by Jason O'Connell and sound mixing by Fred Berman. Additional help and technical support provided by Ethan Duff. Thank you for listening. Uh, good times. Greater oldies. <laughs> That's what we are. <laughs> we are the greater oldies. That's what when we when we bring the podcast back, it'll be like, oh yeah, the greater oldies. <laughs> be like just talking about bowel movements and things, we, things we saw on the news <laughs> that made us mad. <laughs> yeah, and be like, oh, me TV finally got Webster. <laughs> Ha, 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 ha.